September 11th, 2020. Anytime you hear the date September 11th, you obviously have to think back to September 11th, 2001, which was ninth grade for me. I was sitting in a keyboard typing computer class, uh, freshman in high school. And obviously high school had just begun at that point. So I wasn't really well liked, I don't think, by a lot of the older upperclassmen. But my grade, I kind of got along with them. So I was trying to find that fine balance of whether or not I should talk more or less. And it was kind of a weird thing. And then that day, September 11, 2001 hit, and everything changed, I think, across the entire country. Obviously, Something heinous happened and something terrible happened that rattled us to our core. Rest in peace to all those that lost their lives. Big thanks to all the first responders that sprinted towards danger as opposed to away from danger. We learned a lot about our country. And I always think back to immediately what happened after the days that followed. Just the days that followed. Not the lingering effect afterwards, but the day maybe after, maybe September 12th, 2001. And it felt as if there was a wake-up call to the people of our country. Now, there's always going to be you know, holes of the ass, and there's always going to be bad people who, who don't think like everybody else. But it felt as if our country felt whole. It felt as one. It felt like petty differences were dropped. It felt like everybody realized we're in this thing together. We were attacked as a country, it felt like, as opposed to just being individual groups. Now, there's always going to be hate in people's hearts. There's some people that are just going to live that way forever. But in the world that I got a chance to experience as a freshman in high school, and I traveled around for soccer, and I, I feel like I had a pretty good network of humans around me, it was the first time that it felt like petty differences didn't matter anymore. So we'll never forget. We will always remember September 11th, 2001. And anybody that was alive and is, was of age of remembering anything will always remember that day, especially because it was just so, I mean, it was out of nowhere. And for me, nothing like that had ever happened before. I assume the older generations all have their individual moments that something happened, or that's Pearl Harbor, D-Day, you name it, all those types of things. For us, September 11th, especially my generation, was the first time we had ever been hit just blindsided out of nowhere. And uh, you can't ever forget about that. Won't ever be able to forget about that. We'll talk to my kids one day about it. And hopefully what I, the story that'll come out of it is the badass heroes of first responders, the people that lost their lives in a senseless act, rest in peace, always remember them. And then the country feeling as if it was together for a little bit. Now, it, that obviously changed, and it has changed drastically to the world that we're currently in. It feels like everybody's fighting everybody for whatever reasons, and for good reasons, someplace. Like it just, I just hope that we can one day become whole as one, even more so than we did on September 12th, 2001, or September 13th, 2001. And that will always be my memory of September 11th. And it's wild day, hard to even say the date. When it comes out of your mouth, you just go, September 11th, crazy. You just automatically get hit with a rush of emotions and memories and feelings. And it's... It's one of those things it's nice for us to kind of chat about, about what's possible. It's nice to remember the humans, the superheroes we walk are walking amongst us in the first responders world. And it's nice to remember that we can come together uh, if we just go ahead and stop being assholes to each other. All right, let's get to it. Football came back last night in a big, big way. Woo! The NFL 2020 season kicked off in Kansas City, Missouri. 
And the Kansas City Chiefs obviously had a banner that was debuted, and they were introed, and there was 17,000 fans in Arrowhead Stadium. But if you think about from a football perspective, and a football perspective only, and the Kansas City Chiefs somehow played a different style of offense. They like Clyde Edwards Elair, by the way. Elair, the Ooh. H is silent. Ground and pound, pound them down. Somehow the most explosive offense, maybe the most explosive offense the NFL has ever seen, okay? Being down 24, flipping that one quarter, ending up winning by 20 in a playoff game. Maybe the most explosive offense the NFL has ever seen. Now also having the capability to ground and pound if they want whenever the hell they want is absolutely wild. Like real wild. How the hell are you supposed to stop the Kansas City Chiefs? That's what you have to ask yourself right now if you're an NFL fan after watching that game. There were a few drops last night, so it was supposed to be even more efficient than it was, by the way. Two touchdowns were dropped. I mean, you got it. It's the first game of the year. If that offensive line can continue to road great like that, and CEH, as we call him on Twitter because we don't have enough characters, can continue to make legendary vision decisions. He was cutting on a dime for a rookie who didn't have any preseason games. He had this vision. He had this burst. He had this speed. He had this everything that was just unbelievable. He might, and this is quite a powerful word here, but he might make the Kansas City Chiefs uncompete with the Bulls. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was a rather obvious blowout coming last night, and I said that very loudly yesterday when you started thinking about the matchup. Can this be stopped? No. Can that potentially be stopped? No. Can you stop Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? No. Can you stop Sammy Watkins then if you're stopping those? No. And literally, I didn't even fucking know what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to do. <laughs> yeah. Can you stop that? No. Did the defense get worse or better than last year? They got that rookie back who was hurt for the end of the season. Yep. He comes back, second-year guy. That And that defense, by the way, in those magical comebacks, had to put a stop to the other team. And one said, well, did they get better? Yeah, it's wild. The only real question mark comes in the punter position. That's the only real question mark is the punter position because they had to get rid of longtime punting legend Dustin Colquitt. No dollar left behind was in that decision, I believe, so they could sign literally everybody in their building to massive deals. Dustin Colquitt had to be fall victim to that. And Colquitt understood why it happened. I think he even expected it to happen. He got a Super Bowl ring, and now he has a chance to win one with the same team his dad played for in Pittsburgh. So that's pretty cool in all for Dustin Colquitt. But the Chiefs punter is a rookie. He hit a butte last night, hit a nice little thing. He has incredible flow. His jawline is unbelievable. (laughs) I remember him being a freak athlete of Florida. I think he ran a couple fakes. And Tommy Townsend's his name. He's younger brother of Johnny Townsend, who is also an NFL punter out of Florida. Uh, A little side note here. Much like their previous punter, Dustin Colquitt, whose brother also punted in the NFL. Is that why they signed Tommy Townsend? They said, we want to get a family of punters in here so they understand what it's like. Potentially that is. But he is literally the only question mark on that entire roster offense got better defense got better kicker still a stud punter is the only question mark 
Are they uncompetable? That is the conversation we will have. Is that an overreaction? Absolutely. But that is what we do here. Let's introduce Hell the yeah. boys. At Tone Diggs is here. At Boston Connors here. Ty Schmidt, Jason, Zito, Foxy, Mr. Mansuri, Gumpy, Nick, Billy Tubes, the whole squad. Last night was awesome. Last night sitting down, you know, watching the television. Mm. Here we go. Rodney uh, Harrison had yeah. quite a moment <laughs> there. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened. I would assume somebody who was in his ear told him to stop talking right in the middle of his sentence mm-hmm. as uncomfortably as possible. Let Mike Tarico finish your sentence here so it's like you guys are on the same page. But the coverage was great. It was good chatting. Here we go. The game's back. Now, there's some questions on what happened before the game. Oh, mm-hmm. are there questions? There's questions. Mm. Okay, so there's a lot of talk about what happened before the game. Obviously, National Anthem happened. Uh, one player for the Kansas City Chiefs kneeled while the Houston Texans stayed in the locker room, uh, which, by the way, I think I think that was, I think that's going to be a move that a lot of teams are going to do. I think the Miami Dolphins even said yep. that they were mm-hmm. going to do that. Once the Houston Texans come onto the field, there's that moment where they wanted to show unity with each other. Which, by the way, is what football is. Uh, all every messaging was let's end racism, let's be together, let's be unified. By the way, much like it felt in my world, not everybody's world, I guess, from what I've learned on Twitter, but on September twelfth, two thousand one, September thirteenth, where it felt unified, it was a message of unity, and there was some audible sounds that came from the crowd. Okay, and the internet obviously heard the audible sounds and immediately said, "Oh, they're booing." Okay, so then after the game, Bill O'Brien said he didn't hear the booing. Patrick Mahomes said he didn't hear booing. Andy Reid said he didn't hear booing. J.J. Watt said he did hear booing. He did. Then this morning on basically every talk show, it's like uh, Kansas City Chiefs fans booed a sign of unity against racism. And I immediately, upon hearing what happened last night on my TV, while I was in the kitchen, still finishing up my meal there, you know what I mean? I was still putting together a nice Frosted Flakes of Marshmallows. Frosted Flakes of Marshmallows is very good. But I heard the sound. I was like, is that booing? And I remember playing at the kingdom over there. And one of the greatest traditions in maybe the NFL that we have, if you're a player or a visiting team, I mean, there's a lot of them, obviously. When White Stripes Seven Nation Army starts going in Baltimore, it is awesome. When Renegade hits in Pittsburgh, it is next level. But in Kansas City, whenever they sing the national anthem, and you get to the part, obviously, at the end where it goes, and the home of the, the entire City of Kansas City, including everybody in that stadium, 77,000 or whatever they say it is, goes, Chiefs! Okay, and it's not Chiefs. It's not like that. It is a deep, low Chiefs. So I thought, literally while watching, I was like, are they booing? Or is that potentially them doing the Chiefs thing when this is supposed to be a moment of silence? So whatever happened, the Chiefs fans weren't listening to the person I was talking. It was supposed to be a moment of silence. But I think automatically jumping to saying that they booed a show of unity is quite an aggressive thing to say about an entire fan base. I mean, that is quite an aggressive. You know what? Kansas City Chiefs fans, it, they, actually, they actually like racism. Oh. <laughs> they booed. They booed something that was going to get, Like, that's basically what everybody is saying on oh, TV yeah. right now. That's what the Internet said. And we got a chance to like, and J.J. Watt saying he heard booze was the only thing that was like, oh, it had to be booze. But then there's a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans who listen to this show and follow me on Twitter. And they were, there was a couple that were at the game that were sending us videos that were like, hey, that wasn't a boo. That was us saying Chiefs or whatever. And if you have your mindset, and we'll let you be the judge. By the way, we weren't there, so I can't tell you. I know Billy O said no. Andy Reid said no. Pat Mahomes said no. J.J. said yes. So there's even mixed 
reactions from people that were there. But listen to this video coming from the stands and tell me if you hear like a loud Chiefs or if it's exactly a boo. I assume there's some people booing because like I said in the open, there's always going to be assholes that have, you know, want to be loud and obnoxious and whatever. I bought a ticket. I'm here. I'm allowed to act however I want to act. They tell me to have a moment of silence. They want to do this. I'm here to watch football. I'll boo. I assume there was a couple of those, but I think there was a few people doing the Chiefs chant too because I assume they were very intoxicated and that's one of the things that they do at that stadium. Mm -hmm. Let's run that video. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't think we started that video from the beginning either, which is a wild setup here that we just had. But the because we caught it right there in the middle, Mm -hmm. so we kind of did exactly what everybody else did there. Are are they boring? But you do hear a little. I think you do hear a little cheese if you listen to it. And and I'm only saying that because I've been there and getting to hear it is just awesome. And I don't want to just paint an entire fan base as a a group that hates unity and, and potentially doesn't want to end racism, which is wild. That, that's a wild thing to say about a group of humans, Massive. by the way. That is a very, very offensive thing to say about people. But if they were booing, I mean, well-deserved to hell with all of them. But it could have been one of their very, very notable chants, which is a very de- – it's like whenever Heath Miller got the ball, whenever he was in Pittsburgh, the entire place. Mm-hmm. We had a guy named Boom Heron who's from Ohio State that was one of our running backs. Anytime he got the ball, the whole place would boom. You know, they're not booing you. It's boom. They're not booing you. Then boom. So you never know with that entire thing. But for me, I, I couldn't – I can't. I mean, JJ said it was booze. Other people said it wasn't. It's like, which one is it? I don't want to just automatically paint an entire fan base as a group that hates uh, the potential stoppage of racism. I mean, that's a bit aggressive. Well, well, and to your point, like last night, if you maybe didn't see it live on TV, you just assumed immediately like, okay, they, they booed for sure. And it wasn't until this morning, because when I watched it on TV, it did sound like that as well. But when you hear those videos, like you do kind of hear the, the cheese to start it off. Which by the way, drunk people, Uh if that is their chant and they, that's what they do. I mean, granted, let's have a little bit more situational awareness here. Yeah. That, hey, yeah, the chief does sure. – like, and they said moment of silence. Let's go ahead and maybe have a moment of silence there. Let's buy into the whole thing. I think that is something that people could go after him for. And they were clapping, by the way, and cheering for it while the person mm-hmm. – before the person said anything. I just think the entire narrative of that thing being that they were booing it is like – I mean, that's a bit of fucking grass over there. I mean, I don't know if they, I don't know if the entire place was booing. Maybe a couple of people were. It, Maybe a couple of people were cheering, cheering cheese. But if you're not there, you don't know. JJ saying it was boo, though. I, I got to take him for his word, I guess. If but you think, else said no. if you think logically, like it's not during the anthem, it has nothing to do with the flag. That's like, so if they're booing, they're booing unity, which is. Which was wild. Is absurd yes. to think about. Maybe, they, but also I saw a lot of people, maybe they were just booing the Texans walking on the field. Yeah, because the Texans came, Texans came on after the national yes. anthem, yeah. and then it wasn't completely talked about whose side's going to be on whose side here. We got to yeah. be in this place, so it looked a little bit of a cluster. Uh, I'm trying not to say the word. No, you can yeah. do it now, though. No, no, because 
Feel Good Friday. I, I would like the uh, uh, fucking douchebags <laughs> that listen is. to this show that don't like it on Sirius XM. No, it was a little bit of a cluster there to set it up, but I thought it was a cool thing. I thought it was a very cool thing. I liked the way the NFL handled it. And once the game started, oh, yeah. I mean, it felt really good football there early. There was a couple of missed tackles, I guess, which is going to happen in the first game, but football looked good. Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, I, I said it in the open there. This dude. I did not expect him to be like no. he is. I did not expect him to play the way he played. Now, granted, Andy Reid was feeding him. Oh, yeah. Kind of fucked up our super boost a bit a because bit. we had uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing over 300 yards a part of it, which if you look at the score, you'd assume that Patrick Mahomes did that. Mm -hmm. But this team has a dynamic offensive weapon that they didn't have last year, which is a first-round running back who can hit it and get it. And seems like he's going to be – the way he plays, seems like he's a durable play. Uh, now, who knows with running backs, I guess he could get hurt or whatever. 25 times they fed him while still being able to get Travis Kelsey his touches he rushed for 138 yards and a tud in his a rookie debut starting running back Damian Williams I mean see appreciate yeah. you taking you a later. stand I appreciate you taking a stand saying it's for your health and your safety your family I don't know why you did it but it feels like that's potentially a spot that is going to be tough to get back for that guy because Andy Reid he loves Clyde Edwards later now you got to think at halftime Tyree Kill might have said hey listen I understand I'm a distraction. That's what you guys are going to use me as all year. They used me as this last year. You had me run all over the field back and forth, so they had to have somebody chase it. And then on that first touchdown pass, I got overturned because the guy didn't hold on to it long enough because he got hit in the in the head. Yeah. By the way, the guy yeah. got hit in the head, loses the ball or whatever. They had Tyree Kill just sprint right across that safety's face, and the safety has to follow him. Yep. That guy's wide open on the backside. That is going to happen a lot. And I think at halftime, they're like, all right, who has – Travis Kelsey's got the ball? Yeah, we got him. Okay, Sammy Watkins got the ball? Yeah. We fed Clyde. We got him feeling good? Yeah. Okay, who haven't we hit yet? Tyree Kill. Okay, well, this second half, we're going to hit Tyree Kill. Boom, 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 touchdown for Tyree Kill. They somehow managed to take care of everybody while introducing a brand-new facet to their offense. That team – and by the way, Texans early looked not bad. Yeah, yeah. very good. David Johnson. All the way back. Looks like he's plays. back. Two, 2015 David Johnson, he looks like he's back. Now Brandon Cooks made a couple catches. I didn't think he was going to play because he was hurt a little bit. Deshaun Watson made a couple throws. But then it just got to the point where it was like, uh, you're never going to be able to stop them. They dropped the ball a couple times. You're just not going to be able to stop them. And, and it felt like the Chiefs defense there in the middle of the game Kind of figured it out, too. And then at the end, they obviously let off for whatever reason. They weren't able to finish the game. Yeah, they went into like a prevent, which it prevents you from winning usually. I mean, it is. <laughs> I was a part of an Indianapolis Colts team with Andrew Luck, who whenever we saw prevent, we're like, all right, we're still in this game. And we were, by the way. We'd be down 20. And it's like, oh, they're not even going to play defense anymore? Cool. But it, it, that's something you learn early. And maybe with the lack of fans, by the way, you kind of can kind of drift out. If you're up 21 points in a game, it could be tough to stay in it. But that defense kind of figured out. Houston Texans early looked very good. Then they looked very bad and is that because the Kansas City Chiefs or is that because the Houston Texans I guess it's TBD but the Chiefs look exactly like the playoff Chiefs and the Super Bowl Chiefs that they were and there doesn't seem to be much of a drop off and they add that guy I think that team is gonna be tough this year <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I would like to talk to you about our sponsor, Whoop. Whoop is a fitness wearable that provides daily personalized insights to you on your sleep, recovery, how much stress you put on your body throughout the day from both your daily activity and the normal stressors of life. I got a chance to use Whoop for about six weeks there while I was preparing for my wedding, and then that led into me preparing for my wrestling debut. And we all know I would be undefeated as a professional wrestler if it wasn't for that one particular match. But what I learned from the Whoop band, and I guess it's to be described as a Whoop wearable or a fitness wearable, but 
You just put it right there on your arm and it is a one-stop shop for every single thing that you didn't know you wanted to learn about your body. It will give you an exact percentage on how much rest and recovery your body got overnight. It is insane to think. You know when you wake up in the morning, you go, oh, I feel a little tired today. You actually have analytics, data, and stats on why you feel that way. You wake up and you're like, hey, you only got 65% of your recovery that you needed last night. So think about that whenever you're choosing to do whatever or how you're trying to handle yourself. Or you wake up and you say, you know what, I feel good. And then you look at your whoop wearable, it's like, hey, actually, you got 95% of the recovery that you need. And you know that you can take on the day. And if you have a bad number, you know that the next day you need to make up for it to take care of yourself. Your metabolic rate's in there. Your heart rate's in there. How much work did you do yesterday versus today? Let's get better. I mean, it is literally a perfect thing to add to your life if you're trying to improve your body, which I think we all are trying to get a little bit healthier so we can all live much, much longer. Sorry, some music started playing there in the background. (laughs) Whoop has been all over the news in the sports world the last couple of weeks after they added respiratory rate into their app, which has helped people like professional golfer Nick Watney identify signs of illness before they start feeling any symptoms. So not only are you learning about yourself, you're learning about your future self and any potential things that could go wrong. It is absolutely amazing. Whoop is offering 15% off whenever you use the code McAfee at checkout. Go to whoop.com and enter the code McAfee to save 15%. That's whoop.com with the code MCAFEE to save 15%. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter with Whoop today. Let's get back to the call or to the show. You get it. Uh, joining us now is a man who's been bullied his entire life, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah! Hey, Dan! Hey! Hey! Dan! Whoa! He's sweating! How's the bullier? Just so we're clear. What's that? Oh. Not something to brag about, though, either. Nah, yeah, yeah. You were probably just a cool guy, got along with everybody. Like I noticed whenever you were on the Indianapolis Colts for a while, uh, almost ruined our suck for luck season. Thanks for coming in and winning some games for us. Uh, you just got done with a workout. What did you do today? Was it upper body? Was it running? Uh, I, I do believe you've looked better than you've ever looked in the past here these last couple of days on NFL Live. Thanks, man. I'm married. Um... So no running, can't really do long distance running. The old, the old left leg won't handle that, but yeah, yeah. I did like a 20 minute beachbody.com Sean T workout. Whoa, Ooh, no right. free Yeah, you gotta get into it, man. 20 minutes, use a stepper, very, who's that, R- R- Richard Simmons? Very mm-hmm. Richard Simmons-like. Hey, is Richard Simmons alive? He was kidnapped at one point. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, we yeah. don't know if he's back. Maybe or you're the next. Maybe you're the next Richard. Oh, Sean T took him because Sean T's a guy beach uh, body. Danny Simmons. Now, how have you enjoyed NFL Live? I love the vibe of the show. New show, new cast, same sport. NFL. How have you been enjoying it? You're now a host of a primetime show that's daily on ESPN. Thanks, man. Uh, it's been a blast so far. You know, I think. Um, you know, it's a, when they told us we were going to start a couple weeks before the season, I'm like, why? There's no games, same storylines, blah, blah, blah. But it was good to kind of get a feel for how it was going to go, especially with remote stuff. Um, exactly what, you know, how much kind of real disagreement and argument can we get into without trying to become a show that it's not? So it's been really good so far. Obviously huge to get games back, but I think we've got a really good group. Everyone's got different strengths. 
Um, and so now having games, it'll be big time. NFL Live every day at 4 p.m. on ESPN. One of the standard bearers of ESPN has been around a long time. We're talking to one of the hosts now, Dan Orlovsky, a man who played 13 seasons in the NFL. He is a guy who loves good quarterback play and breaking down things. Last night out of Patrick Mahomes, there was a couple of drops, but that offense, it goes from being potentially the most explosive offense in the history of the NFL, the history of the NFL, the most explosive offense. Then they add in CEH to save some characters here, Clyde Edwards, a and he's a ground and pound guy. Andy Reid used it, loved it. And with all those, are they uncompete with the ball on the offensive side of the ball at this point? Yeah, they're going to be, I mean, if, if that's what we're going to get, it's unstoppable. I'd say like, while we thought it could be the best and most explosive, if they're going to add the component of a run game, they're the most dominant offense in the NFL. Um, you know, without getting too nerdy, I'd say there's like two things that really stand out. First of all, you know how we talk about 11 personnel, 12 personnel for people listening, one back, two tight ends, one back, one tight end. I think they've kind of created their own personnel grouping in a way where it's a big 10 personnel, um, meaning one back, no tight ends. But even though Kelsey's on the field, I mean, they are strictly using Kelsey as a wide receiver right now. And so they're really like spreading the field out. Think sideline to sideline, spread the field out with four dudes that are really good. And so as a defense, you go, well, we got to spread out too, right? Like you got to spread out as well to cover all those guys. And it's really simple. Like if you decide to protect yourself against the pass, and played with two safeties deep, they now can run the ball. Like, that kid had 90 yards after contact last night. That's, like, to me as a coordinator, I go, well, if I want to protect against the pass, not only do they have an advantage of the run game, but now he makes one-on-one guys miss. And then if you want to go, okay, we got to stop the run, you just have absolutely no chance matching up on the outside. So that's taken them to explosive, or from explosive to being dominant, meaning we could do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want to. Well, and I think also after watching your video last night about that tunnel screen that was on like the three-yard line where they took two fullbacks or a fullback and a tight end out to the side, they're abusing defense's rules as well. So Andy Reid and Bienemy are also smart enough to abuse the defense's rules. So like, hey, whenever we take a tight end out here or a fullback out here, you have to bring a linebacker out. So now you got a linebacker in space, basically, in a confined area in the corner. Now it's supposed to bump. They're taking advantage of people's rules they have enough weapons that you can't keep up with and now they have a dominant road uh, running game with an offensive line that was road grading people last night i mean it is how yeah. do you just got to hope for an injury i guess or is there a defense that could potentially stop them or is it just whoever's got dudes has to do it yeah i don't think there's a defense that could stop them i think that the only defense that could potentially stop them would be a ball control offense we saw the colts do it last year and held the ball for 41 minutes there is no defense that is going to stop or slow down that offense. It has to be a team thought, right? Like our offense is going to hold the ball. If you look at their four losses last year, Pat, one was with Matt Moore, so kind of throw that one out. And they were Indy, Houston, and Tennessee. All of them had the ball for 40-plus minutes. So they just didn't give Kansas City snaps. Um, I think that you make a really good point with the rules thing. I've always said this, until defensive coordinators start calling defenses like offensive coaches do – you're going to be behind guys like Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid is the type of coach that will dictate to you what you're going to do. Then he knows your adjustment to what he wants or what he's going to do. And then he attacks that. I said this a couple weeks ago. 
The really good coordinators in the NFL don't attack defenses. They attack people. Oh. And that kind of play that you t mentioned last night, he attacked that linebacker. And there's – you better hope that your offense can control the football for the whole game. So there was a couple incompletions and a couple drops and, and yeah. things like that, but it seemed like he was making all the right reads. And Patrick Mahomes said, and I've talked about this a couple times on the last couple of days because it is eye-opening to me, he said that he didn't even understand how to read defenses until halfway through last season or something like that. Yeah. He said it on the Barbershop show. And, and now that – can you see from him that he knows what the other teams – was there ever a moment last night where you thought Patrick Mahomes looked confused? And is that because of Houston stinking, or is that because Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense is just so advanced right now? No, they're just so advanced, and he's really well coached. You know, I mean, he's, he's just really well coached. Three plays stick out in my mind that tell me – like, because uh, I, I thought he used his eyes well last year, even his MVP year as well. Used his eyes well, but when you script stuff um, and Andy dials it up so well, you can kind of anticipate all that stuff. But I thought there were three plays that stood out to me last night that showed me like a growth in mind. One, I don't know if you guys heard of it, heard it, but on the broadcast you heard him at one point walk up to line of scrimmage and go L L L, and he put up the L thing for like Lauderdale. He realized that, that they were showing like an all-out blitz, and he said, you know what, like, screw this. I'm not going to deal with it. I'll just throw a quick screen, and we'll kind of, you know, that sawed-off block on the edge. Like, he would not have saw that last year. He would have just tried to drift and throw a ball. There was another play where he brought motion over, and he's yelling to his offensive lineman, 41's coming, 41's coming. That means the defensive guy's going with the motion, so he's telling the offensive line, don't count that guy in your run stuff. And then the third thing was when he checked to a, like an inside go route to, I think it was 11 Robinson versus a one-on-one -on -one matchup, like just different level stuff like that, understanding exactly what the offense wants and the idea. I mean, Peyton was like that, right? And so yeah. if he even comes close, close to the stuff Peyton saw pre-snap, he will be the best quarterback to ever play because he's the most talented one. Yeah, and he also has the it factor. You know, like he just has the it factor. Big moments, it seems like he's going to play his best. Last night was a big moment. I assumed they were going to blow out the Texans. I said it very loud on this show yesterday. Made a lot of money off of it, which is nice. But it was interesting to watch because a guy named James from California called in a little bit ago, and he asked a good question. Do the Chiefs have too many weapons? Which is a hilarious thing to think about. But let's talk about this. In the first half, it was very obvious. Tyreek Hill was a distraction the, the whole first half. He, that post route he ran to turn the safety for Robinson to open up for that go route, there was numerous times where he's going around. And at halftime, you could tell that there was an, assert, or, or like an effort to be like, hey, let's get Tyreek Hill the ball now. You're going to have to have people that buy into being a part of this offense, and you're not going to get as many balls if you're the only option. But it feels like they have the right group of guys in there who just only care about dominating. And I don't know how you can stop a team if you got everybody bought in, especially a guy like Tyreek Hill, who first half you didn't even get looked at. He was just being used as a distraction, like, hey, that's my role right now. I think that's another level. Is like They all buy into the fact that we can be something special here. Yeah, I think Sammy Watkins is a good example too, right? Like Sammy decided to take less money to stay there and even said I wanted to stay because I think that we can really be part of you know everyone says something special but I think they actually believe that um yeah I mean it's a fair point the too many weapons things right you always have to go okay work backwards if there are too many weapons number one is there a problem with the person trying to get them to football the quarterback no I mean that guy is is be able to see so many different things and he's going to take shots more often than not because he's so talented and then working back even more 
does the guy calling the plays and designing the plays, does he know like how to get those guys their football? And um, I think that Andy Reid just got a great understanding of what those guys are good at, how to kind of accentuate their strengths. So this is not the Cleveland Browns type of situation from last year where there's a ton of talent and they don't know how to get them the ball. There's plenty of snaps to go around with that offense. So um, I, I think that each week, each week, Andy's, again, find guys that you attack. He's going to have different people on deep, different defenses. He's going to want to attack with different people. All right, let's look at the weekend. I assume you're going to talk about that on NFL Live, which we love watching. Love, oh, man. it's love the best. Love. We watch every day here at the office, every single you're day. You're the best. You're the best. Me? You are. I actually have an idea for that sign when we're done, by the way. Oh, what is it? You had that blinking the Pat McAfee, McAfee show behind you, that yeah. blinking light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should sell those. Oh, like oh. live nude signs. Like oh, the, uh, yeah. Oh, oh neon yeah. lights. Neon lights. Bought those companies? Yeah. I mean, do you know how much money that would cost? Probably, we'd make negative, tw- negative money on that. Nah, yeah. dude, those would, be, those would be a hot item. Would you put one in your house? I would definitely put one in my home. Wow. Really? Oh, wow. Can I get it with those colors that like yeah. reddish and yeah? Teal? Are you are you're, you're guaranteeing a sale to you at least if we do it? A hundred percent. Good thing about these right. ten thousand dollar neon signs. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. You can have them. There's only a couple. I'm happy for you. Dan. Just order it this weekend. Um, what are some things you're looking forward to in the big games this weekend? We got Bears, Lions, Colts, Jags, Dolphins, Pats, Browns, Packers, Packers or Browns, Ravens, Packers, Vikings, Bucks, Saints, Cowboys, Rams, amongst other things. What is a big storyline in your head when it comes to quarterback? Is it Dak? Can Dak do the same? thing he did last year and play well and then actually win some games with Big Mike? Is it potentially Kenny Galladay being out oh, for the Lions oh, potentially here with the Lions being favored? How about Old Man Rivers leading the Colts now down to a team that's obviously tanking? What are some storylines you're looking for? Aaron Rodgers, this guy, is he back and better than ever? What are some things you're thinking about for the weekend, Dan? Yeah, I'll start with Aaron and the Packers. You know, if you watch, especially against Minnesota, first of all, Minnesota's two, two starting corners are new, right? Mm-hmm. And so, while they might become good players or they're high on them, they're new. And for an offense in Green Bay last year, and I said this all last year, there were three or four plays almost every single game close to being really, really explosive and good. And so have they kind of narrowed that? Have they gotten rid of those two or three or four plays that they just missed on last year? Will they go after some of those young corners? Daniil Hunter not playing is huge. And then can Aaron find a number two? You know, Devontae last year ripped up Minnesota, but no one else did anything. And so does Lazard step up? Like, I'm really interested to see that. And then Dan, Aaron, Dan, yeah. if you're a quarterback and your uh, GM utilizes the draft to not make your team better at all, do, how do you go ahead and just wipe that out and just be like, yeah, this team, this team's doing right stuff? I mean, yeah, I, I think it's hard. I think Aaron's handled it like flawlessly. Me too. Um, I don't, I don't like how everyone's like, yeah, but he's Aaron Rodgers, and like, yeah, he still needs players around him. Like he, he, he's not Aaron Rodgers from twelve years ago. Still really good, but like, I looked at it this year off season wise, Pat, and I said the older quarterbacks, the the Breeze, Brady, Rivers, Rodgers, and Roethlisberger. Like, what did those organizations in the off season do to help those guys? <laughs> All four of the other ones got help besides Aaron. Philip. Got Michael Pittman Jr., Big Ben. They got Claypool and Ebron. Breeze, they went and drafted a center in the first round and then Emmanuel Sanders. And Brady, obviously, with everything that Tampa did. And Aaron Rodgers got, you know, Jordan. So it's like, God what are we doing? Damn it, damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Heartbroken. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's just uh, so I'm interested to see how that happens. But for Aaron, I just you know I awesome. I, I want to make sure Aaron kind of cleaned up some of his awesome. mechanics. Um, I think he's been the best quarterback in football for 12 years, and his mechanics have always been subpar because he's stupid talented. I don't know if he can get away with that stuff anymore like that. And so I just want to see if he's cleaned some of that stuff up. Um, Jeez. Tom down in Tampa, obviously how quickly they can get firepower going. Dak's got a gajillion pounds of pressure on him. Um, and so uh, there's, a, there's a ton of stuff that I can't wait for Sunday. Uh, NFL Live today at 4 o'clock. Uh, have you guys already prepared that? I saw that you guys have a uh, group text message that says greatest NFL show or something like that. Oh, I saw world's that. best NFL show. Yeah. World, world, world. world. Yeah, You're not on Friday. They got you the world's best show. Said, let's get better. Get Lord Lovsky <laughs> the hell off. <laughs> get Daniel. Wow. Out Hard time out. Full. Give me a full. No full. This is full. <laughs> yeah, full. Uh, yeah, half this year. Yeah. I got a college game on Saturday, so I need ah. the majority of Fridays to prepare for a college game. Who you got? Oh. I got the old uh, Charlotte App- Appalachian. Appalachian. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a, a good game. Bird. We talked about that game. Yeah, big spread. We talked about the, the Appalachian uh, State uh, Warriors. Mountaineers. Uh, Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Mountaineers taking on yeah. that Charlotte Hornet squad. Oh, yeah. Nope, it, nope, nope, nope. 49ers. Oh, yeah, the Charlotte no, the 49ers. 49ers. Yeah, yeah Ooh, NBA on the brain. Well, yeah, well, that's on me because game seven tonight. Exactly. Whenever those two teams link up, everybody knows what Dan Orlovsky on the call, especially. Oh. Put... An hour or two aside to lock into this game that is happening at what time and where? It's on noon tomorrow in Bristol, Connecticut. Oh, NBC, yeah. right? Oh, wow. No, no. ESPN. Oh, ESPN. Hey, Pat, how long do you think Charlotte's football program's like been around? Well, the good thing about the Charlotte 49ers is you would think immediately with a name like the 49ers, it'd be like, well, that would make sense for a West Coast team because the 49ers is actually a call to those who were on the gold rush to go across the country yep. mm-hmm. over there. So mm-hmm. this team actually was 49ering down to Charlotte down there, yeah. and they were trying to find gold in a college football program. So that's why I'd say that it's much more relevant or, or prevalent or close, and I'd say it's like 17, 18 years that team's probably been around well if you if you if you just took off the team you'd be perfect oh, seven seven oh, years seven. Seven we were years. close Got oh it. yeah pretty well, good though Pat. they've been thinking about it for much longer than i was seven. getting hand signals from the side over there and he was doing this okay <laughs> 12 they voted in 2008 that there should be a football team okay yeah, and they well, started thinking but, but this ago. is you gotta, gotta get rid of this one oh I've never done yeah. hand signals for numbers. Or just do this. We were trying to cheat. Well, we didn't know that. We thought it was 12. That we looks did. like 25. Uh, anyway. Who's going to win that game? Appalachian State is always a good football team. Appalachian State, they're really good. They got a good little quarterback that can play, man. They got some good football players. So calling the game from a studio there, we heard you last week on Memphis. Is it really good? Do you know, feel like you're really part of the game or you hate it? Huh? It's awful. Just being honest, it's awful. Dude, it's me. In my play-by-play guy in a studio that's, I don't know, the, probably the size of the studio that you're sitting in, maybe. I can't see the whole studio. Maybe a little bit smaller, like, I don't know, 20 by 20 room, and it's just us calling it off a television screen. <sighs> well, hey, you do a great job. Can't wait to watch tomorrow at noon on ESPN. You got Charlotte 49ers, a team that is going into their seventh year, and they have been on the search for gold down there in college <laughs> yeah. football, taking on the Appalachian State Mountaineers. Uh, and on the call will be Dan Orlovsky. He decided to skip NFL Live for that. Ladies and yep. gentlemen, normal host of uh, NFL Live, except for on Fridays, because he's got to prepare for big games on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. Hey, 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 can you give a can you give a little flex for the uh, people there? Can you give a little flex for the Whoa. people? Oh, 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 o
I haven't had a carb since April. Really? That's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, why are you working out so hard? If you're working out so hard, that, that like is what carbs are for, right? You work out hard so you can eat good. Nah, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't poison my body like that. Um, I just had a I work, out, I work out so hard so when I stand next to my wife, I don't look like a loser. Can we see that arm one more time, there? You want this like this view? Oh, Ready? oh, oh! Yikes! Now watch the, the trick. Watch the trick. No, it didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't work. No. <laughs> Cramping. Oh Cramping. man! Can I get a? Huff. Can I? Can I get a? When? When can I count on that light? Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Don't put knives to a gun show, buddy. By the way, welcome to. Wow. Yeah, the Don't throw launcher. spitballs at a warship. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I have sunk your battleship, kid. Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> yeah. Attaboy, Dan. Any small arms. So sorry to interrupt once again, but I have to tell you from Milan to Pittsburgh, Revtown jeans are the holy grail of jeans. A few guys from Under Armour quit their jobs and decided to make the most comfortable jeans on the planet. The guys took the stretchy athletic apparel fiber and the sweet comfort of sweatpants and partnered with the best maker of premium denim in Milan, Italy, to create a high-end denim jean. Every pair of jeans is $79 since they have no middleman. Think about that. They have jeans from Milan for $79. That's insane. You're getting knockoff hack-ass jeans for like 100 bucks these days. $79 jeans from Milan, Italy with the best stretchy athletic apparel fiber and sweet comfort of sweatpants partnered with the best maker of premium denim in Milan, Italy. 79 bucks, Ty. Most places are charging two to three times that price for jeans like this. Exactly. Hack-ass ones are more than that. I wear them all the time, and they really do feel like sweatpants. Head over to RevTown.com forward slash McAfee and check out their jeans. Again, that is RevTown, R-E-V-T-O-W-N.com forward slash McAfee, and get jeans for more than half the price of their competitors. Really good feeling jeans. 79 bucks makes no sense. I don't know how they're doing. I guess it's because they cut out the middleman. Congrats to them. Take advantage of this. Great jeans, 79 bucks from a couple guys that quit their jobs and make this thing happen. It's a beautiful story. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is a very wavy man himself. He's from the NFL Network, and he's also on NFL Network's NFL Now, which airs daily at 1 p.m., which is about 32 minutes from now. Ladies and gentlemen, the ever-so-handsome and young-looking Tom Pelissaro. Boy, Tom, hey. um, How are we doing? I'm great, Tom. I've never seen NFL Now. Is that on television? Is it on the internet? What is it? I think it's kind of everywhere. We're told digital is very important right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of clips digitally. And then, yes, it's over It's over the television as well. Oh, okay. So you're on the television. You look, you got your big boy suit on right now. You got your tie on. It's the know. season now. No more polos. No more messing around. This is, we got to suit up here. Let's talk about the season and let's get to it. And Tom Pelissaro is an insider. The man knows everything about everything. Last night, I thought Brandon Cooks wasn't going to play because they called him questionable. Then he was a big part of their offense early, kind of drifted away. We got a lot of other injuries some, for some big name players around the league right now. Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay just popped up out of nowhere. No Nobody knows what's going to happen there. Are these things, because it's first week, we're making a bigger emphasis of these questionable things? Or is this the teams potentially trying to hide who's playing? Or is there a real reason to worry about Mike Evans, Galladay, and others that are listed as questionable right now? Well, with Kenny Galladay on a Friday, anytime that you don't 
practice or practice in a very limited fashion. I think that's naturally cause for concern. Oh, like Evans getting no. back for the end oh, of the week. Oh no, the Lions oh, stink. Season's over. Lions stink. Oh. They're favored too, and they're gonna they just lost their only guy. Oh, this can't oh, happen. They stink. Hamstring on Friday generally would not be considered to be a, a real great sign. Evans coming back. That's a better sign. I think that there's definitely an element of it where every team knows that there were no preseason games. You had far fewer updates. You've got all kinds of depth chart questions on different teams. I'll tell you this. There has been less information that people are willing to give out from within teams about their roster than ever before. When I talk to you know general managers or personnel directors Ooh. or coaches or whatever, normally you can talk about, hey, you're excited about this undrafted rookie. You're excited. You think this guy's going to make an impact? Everybody this year is like, yeah, I'm just not going to. Not going to talk about that. We don't want to get too far into it because nobody knows. I mean, I'm going to be covering the Vikings-Packers game on Sunday for game day morning. I got an idea how the Vikings are going to line up on defense, but they've got all new corners. And because you've got no preseason tape, their first-round draft pick Jeff Gladney, their third-round pick Cam Dantzler, they're likely both in the game plan, but who's playing the slot? Who's playing outside? If you're Aaron Rodgers, you're obviously going to be looking for those guys. you got fewer answers than you normally would have. Week one is always... Uh, a, a year of, you know, a, a sort of an event of the unknown in terms of the adjustments that have to take place. But this year, it's probably even more so just because anybody who's a new piece on a different team, you don't ultimately know how the coaches envision them fitting in. Okay, so you just did a little uh, drop there. <laughs> when I'm talking to GMs and when I'm talking to owners of teams Whoa. and you know, when head coaches are just texting me late at night, they're not telling that's me. That's like you saying, Pat, that's like you saying when I'm doing my radio show and I'm talking to the producers, like it's literally my job. It's not a drop. It's just, it's just Okay, okay. So is it just kind of understood that whenever you become an NFL Network insider or do you build up those connections before you get to NFL Network? Or once you get to NFL Network is then when you start building those connections and the GMs understand like, okay, we have the media and us have to have a relationship of some sort. That ha- That's how this entire business operates. But do, I always wonder this with insiders, okay? Schefter can't talk to anybody. I'd assume nobody talks to Schefter and has a real conversation with him. And, and I would assume in your world, it's Woj, same thing. Sean mm-hmm. Sharania, mm-hmm. same thing. I would assume for you, people have to be very careful with what they tell you. Is there ever a conversation where they say something they're like, well, you can't talk about that. And then you're like, <laughs> well, why'd you tell me? Like, does that happen on a, on a regular basis in your world? I, I would just say this. There are plenty of occasions where you are holding information for a variety of different reasons. For me personally, and this is not judging anybody else. I'm not big on the incremental, this team's interested in this guy. Now it's this team, like the kind of half. It's You try to break the story or don't half break things. You know, we got we got the entire lingo. When I'm texting with, you know, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo, my coworkers about this stuff, there's an entire system here. The ecosystem of you break, then people will unbreak it, then you got a half break. You'll get these little bits that dribble out. It's like either either the contract's done or it's not. Like there's no there's no close. Any agent or GM will tell you that. Like there's nothing. What, do we, what does that mean? Close? Is it done? No, and it's not done. That, that that's it. You know, it's it's a it's a complicated universe. I would say on the bigger question, this is year eighteen. Believe it or not, Pat, my first uh, job out of college was covering the Vikings in two thousand three. So this has been going on a while. So you, you build those relationships over time. Frankly, you learn who is actually going to tell you the truth and who every time they tell you something, you kind of have to immediately assume the opposite. Is Bruce Arians a, a known liar? Because he just said Mike Evans did some individual work today in practice, and they'll see if he's sore tomorrow. He's still likely a game-time decision. Mike Evans obviously has to be pumped that he has Tom Brady as his quarterback. Not that he wasn't that Jameis was there, but that offense is – 
electrifying on paper. Mike Evans has to be one of those guys where Bruce Arians is thinking, do we need Mike Evans this week? We have a plethora of weapons. We can get him 100% healthy. Or do you think Mike Evans is a guy who is going to play this weekend? I mean, Bruce is saying that he's a game-time decision. Again, he was limited in practice through the course of the week. I think that generally speaking, this year in particular, when we're talking week one, the soft tissue injuries, everybody, I can tell you this factually, a lot of teams were more cautious in camp with those types of injuries just because the schedule, the rhythm of everything was different in terms of when you had the acclimation period into the padded practices, the amount of work you got in a shorter period of time. Uh, I think that everybody is just conscientious uh, of the reality that this is unlike any other year. So if you've got somebody in week one who might be a little bit nicked up, you're probably going to err on the side of holding somebody back. From Mike Evans' perspective, he's dealt with hamstrings. That's what ended his season a year ago. He ended up on injured reserve, uh, but he's played through things in the past. Uh, you know, ultimately, you're going to be listening to your, your doctors and your athletic trainers to figure out what the best decision is for the course of the season. That's why I never stretch my hamstrings, by the smart, way. Smart. If you never stretch them, you can't pull them. Correct. That's right. right. You know what I mean? Uh, what do you got, Carl? Uh, Tom, the Patriots just gave Stephen Gilmore uh, five more million dollars for this season. Do you see them doing that with Cam Newton if he performs well? Or will other teams do that so they don't lose anybody to free agency? I can't even focus on the question. What are you wearing? Tom. A little disrespectful. I mean, you just, you're wearing suits. You know, I'm wearing this. What's the difference? This is his game. Hey, this is season. This is this season. Yeah. This is, this is season. Just this it. isn't a joke, you Tom. Just said it, Tom. This is, this is his job, cool, Tom. man. That's not cool. The Oakleys, the corner. They're not Oakleys, I'm just, dude. I'm just, I'm just going, what is it? What are they? I don't know, but they're not Oakleys. These are Oakleys, all right? They look, Sweet. look like a villain Jesus. from a 1980s high school movie. <laughs> Loser. You look like the Loser. I'm making fun of, Tom. Loser. You just got a doyle. Oh, dude, you just got bullied by Tom. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Answer the question, Tom. Oh, oh, damn it. Oh. Jeffy Gilmore, I'll give you a real answer, even though you mispronounced Son his name. Son of a bitch. Patriots so with Gilmore, the Patriots have a habit of being able to move money around when they want to. If there's somebody who has vastly outplayed their contract, uh, Bill Belichick and company are willing to move some money up. That's what they did with Gilmore. It's not an extension. It's them moving money within the deal into this year. It gives them a raise from, I think it's about $10.5 million to fifteen point five. He can earn more with incentives. They've done that with Tom Brady several times in recent years. Obviously, Brady is gone, and you can now make the argument that Stephen Gilmore is the best player that the Patriots have on their team. They're making sure that they take care of him financially in a year where if you look at the Patriots salary cap, they've got more than enough maneuverability uh, to be able to put a few more dollars in his pocket. As soon as we saw them, the movement in their cap space, everybody assumed like, okay, Cam's been named a captain. He's been named the starter in meetings. Allegedly, they haven't publicly named it, I guess, which I don't know if Bill Belichick ever does. We just assumed that they would move more money to him. And I think that's what you're asking about, right? We assumed that they would make it right because when he signed Cam, they had shit they didn't have any room at all and then they get him on that deal for like a million bucks up to potentially seven and a half and with how his relationship has gone thus far with bill belichick i think the easy assumption was whenever space was made in the salary cap it's like okay they're probably going to give this guy a little bit more money do you see that happening or is the seven and a half or potentially a mid-season extension if he's doing well like what what is the mindset with cam newton and the patriots you think at this point the midseason extension would make more sense in okay. part, because, in large part, because Cam Newton didn't sign that deal until what about two months ago with the Patriots, 
outside of Jason Peters and what took place with him with the Eagles and Dillard's injury and him getting a raise to move to left tackle. Not a lot of examples of guys who sign one-year deals and then get a raise or get a new deal before they even play games. <laughs> Absolutely. If we get to midseason and Cam Newton is crushing it for the Patriots, it would make a lot of business sense for them to, uh, you know, to look at that contract and see whether or not he – wants to be extended. But from Cam Newton's perspective, you signed that deal. You didn't sign that because that was the most money you could get. If Cam Newton were concerned about the money, he would have just waited till somebody got hurt and then tried to, to cash in later. He took a you know, relatively bottom-of-the-barrel type of deal with the Patriots because it was his best opportunity to start. He did that because he thinks that's going to be the best way that he can propel himself now to make a lot more money uh, as he gets out into free agency and beyond. And frankly, if he plays well, the baseline for your next Cam Newton deal is going to be a franchise tag come March. Um, so let's let's talk about the presentation of the game a little bit. Last night, Skycam was showing that stadium, you know, a couple times, and it obviously looks exactly how Al Michaels described it. This looks like a stadium where the home team is down 30 or whatever <laughs> yeah. in the fourth quarter, right? And they, Al Michaels, by the way, talking about that, I was kind of intrigued because it means that the NFL didn't give him any, like, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about this, or anything like that. And, and even if you tell Al Michaels that, who knows if Al Michaels even listens at this point. The guy is a legend. But the presentation of the game, last night they had 17,000 fans. So the, I assume they're running the 70 decibel fan thing. But while you're watching, I, I kept thinking, like, oh, I could see 17,000 fans making that much noise. Like, I, I, like while yeah. you're watching, it's like, oh, the sound makes sense. Did they watch the game last night from your information and figure out if they're just not going to show the stands at all for some of the places that have no fans? Is that been in the presentation thought? Like, hey, as long as we don't show people that there's nobody here, they won't even know from the sound? Or is it like, hey, we're going to embrace this. This place is empty. This is fake-ass noise that you're hearing right now. Like, how how is that whole conversation? Because last night, it obviously, every time I saw it, I was like, I think 17,000 people could make about that amount of sound. And then all I, all I thought about was, like, those empty stadiums are going to be weird. It's going to be weird to watch, I think. Well, that's the thing is you have to remember what you saw last night is the most fans you're going to see in a stadium, at least in September, because the the Chiefs were around 22%. So it was like 17,000 people there. There might be one other team that's going to be anywhere close to that. And then some of the other teams are going to have, you know, the Colts, I think, are like 2,500 mm-hmm. fans. And three, the vast majority three, of stadiums are not going to have anybody. 3.5% so, of the stadium's capacity here in Indianapolis. I don't know how that's ooh, the number they wow. follow. 3.5%. Well, my question on that is how do you make money off that with all the security no, and no, everybody else you have to pay just to make it possible for fans? Yeah. It's a it's an interesting decision. I know it's something that uh, there were other teams that considered the same thing, just get some people in the doors. And then there's other ones where, you know, franchises like in Green Bay are just like, we got enough to worry about what's on the field. Field. Let's take care of that, and then we'll worry about getting people into the into the stands. So one thing that Al said, and you're absolutely right, Al Michaels is a legend, that may have been confusing to people was when he was saying that because there's fans here, we're not using the noise. There's two different tracks. There's one on the broadcast, and there is one on the field. Oh, Al yeah. was referring to the broadcast track, which is this curated thing that NFL Films pulled four years of their game footage from different stadiums so that if it's empty for instance when i'm at the vikings game on sunday the vikings score there'll be no one there but you will hear a burst of crowd noise and the skull horn and the skull Vikings song that'll all be in the background that's only on the broadcast then there's also the ambient noise that they're playing in the stadium they were playing that last night but you won't actually hear that on the broadcast that is a straight 70 decibels they call it a murmur. To me, I was at the at the scrimmage that the Vikings had a couple of weeks ago, and it sounds to me like if you're at a, a Major League Baseball game 
and the sound like between pitches. When there's no organ playing, when there's not like any kind of burst because somebody hit it or whatever, there's just like you're just that that kind of baseline murmur. That's what it sounds like. I'm my hope a is that by Sunday that the uh, pre-recorded sound that they're pumping in is a little longer because for that scrimmage the track was only by my count about five minutes long. So every five minutes oh. you'd hear like the little skip where it would repeat and you'd have like a brief burst and be like, oh yeah, and it takes you out of the moment when you all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, that was that recording that they're just putting on shuffle here. Because I think when you're watching the game and you hear the sound, and, and I've said this about other sports as well, there's some sports that you, 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 it's not bad without sound. Like for instance, the first couple UFC fights without sound, oh, I enjoyed it. And now yeah. I'm kind of sick of it, by the way. I, I think really? I've decided that. I, well, not really. Like, I think I'm ready for the gladiator like environment with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause I think there is some, but the first couple fights you could hear like the just jaws being separate. Oh, who told you what? What was that? What was oh, that? Oh, you what it? Was it? Well, I'm using my phone for this, so I'm checking my Apple Watch. Just keep talking. I'm not looking <laughs> when you're done. Well, I just didn't know if there was an update or not. But there's been some sports where you watch it and you can kind of disappear in it with the sound, with the fake noise that they obviously have. And I'll be intrigued to see how CBS, Fox, NBC, how ESPN, how they all do it differently. It's going to be very, very interesting. Let's talk about before the game last night. There was a show of unity by the teams. Uh, to have the conversation about social injustice continue. It wasn't during the national anthem. It was after the national anthem. There's allegedly booze coming from the crowd, but it could have been the Chiefs Chief. chant by some people. It could have been booing. Who knows what it was? I think just painting an image as an entire fan base is being against unity is is a little bit aggressive, and a lot of people have been doing that. But that show of unity, the linking of arms, was that league or was that team? Should we expect that by the entire – what are you hearing about that? Was that Kansas City Chiefs and Texans players making that decision, or was that a conversation more league-wide? This was player driven. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday on TV that there were these ongoing discussions. You had Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were at the forefront of it. They were working through different scenarios where they could. What they wanted to do is they wanted to make a demonstration jointly about racial injustice, but also show unity. They wanted to show they're all on the same page. So the Texans had decided by the night before the game that they were going to stay in the locker room. My understanding is there were conversations about both teams staying in the locker room so that it would be everybody doing the same thing. We would not reduce a very important uh, conversation to this guy kneeled and this guy didn't and this team was in the locker room. What does that mean when this team wasn't? Well, in the end, that's exactly what you happened had before the game, which was Alex Okafor, one of the Chiefs players, kneeled during the national anthem. The rest of his teammates stood. The Texans chose to stay in the locker room, which from what I was told was about they were sick of everybody hijacking uh, the actual message that they wanted to demonstrate on behalf of black and brown victims of police brutality and that they wanted to what they want is among other things to push the senate to bring the george floyd justice in policing act of 2020 to the floor for a vote everybody always says well what do the players want texans are like here's what we want the ravens did the same thing a couple of weeks ago where it was here's our legitimate action items this is what we're working toward uh, and so I think some of that got lost a little bit last night because of, in, in part, the confusion. You know, and then when you're seeing tweets about, like, the Texans are being booed as they leave the field before the national anthem. I've been to hundreds of NFL games. The visiting team always gets booed when they come on and off the field. That is every time. So to your point, you know, how much of it was booing the Texans, how much of it was booing the show of solidarity. You know, it, it's tough to tell. But this is, uh, you know, the reality of this is, is there's some people who don't want this conversation anywhere near the game. 
Uh, and meanwhile, the players are absolutely going to make it part of the game. And it's going to be different for every team, every group of players, and it is player-driven. Well, I see. I, I mean, one of the first commercials, though, was a Biden presidential yep. commercial. Yeah. So if you, like, are you mad? Who, what part of politics are we keeping out of the game and in the game? If it makes money, is it cool? If it doesn't make money, is it not cool? That's a very, the people that are like, well, I don't want politics involved in sports. And it's like, well, your first commercial was literally a presidential <laughs> campaign commercial i mean that is like uh which would happen regardless by yes the way. exactly regardless of what was happening on the field like you're gonna get those that's next two months is gonna be political hell for everybody between snaps every, not only in snaps on your yeah. twitter yeah. Or, yeah. Every, everywhere it's everywhere political hell so like i very much understand like hey let's keep politics out of this because i i okay it has a place but it that's not the world we live in that is just not real life anymore it is everywhere and it is shoved in your face just like information that you could never hear from anywhere else from our friend tom pelissaro he's about to hop on nfl daily which air or nfl now which airs daily at 1 p.m nfl network insider an incredible suited man and a bully at boston Connors, <laughs> tom pelissaro yeah, i want those glasses send me the glasses. yeah no, you wish pal no yeah <laughs> now you can't can't do it thank you tom appreciate you pal Joining us now is a Super Bowl champion with a chiseled jawline. Can't wait to hear his thoughts on last night's game and the weekend we're about to have. Ohio State legend. Oh, it sounds like Big Ten's dead. dead. Oh, no. AJ Hawk. You look good, dude. What's up, fellas? How's it going, man? You look like you have a little bit of a tan today as opposed to the ghost white that you've been the last couple of days. Well, I don't know if you – I have this camera now, and I've been going back and forth with Zito trying to figure out the settings, and I just can't figure anything out. So if it's, it'll probably be a different tint, a different shade every day. It's a nice well, camera, though. This is a good one. You have a good tan on yeah, you right now. This might be the one. Yeah, it's like a filter. Your eyes are still blue. Yeah, everything's good. Did you see in the second hour Tom Pelissaro dunked on uh, Connor Campbell? I don't know if you got a chance to see that. I did. I watched the clip on uh, that you guys posted on Twitter, actually, and Pelissaro was really, really feeling himself, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Pelissaro looks like he's 12, and Ian Rappaport also said something. He's a shrimp and a dork, so, I mean, it is what it is. You, you know, stuff's oh. going to happen. You just got to ride with it. He's in a war right now against all insiders, it feels like, from NFL Network. They are coming at him from all angles right now, and I'm going to let you know, he is flustered. This is a feel-good Friday. Shouldn't be happening. Did you watch the game last night, AJ? I assume you did. I, I can't wait to see what the ratings were. I I don't know if those have come out yet. I assume they are going to be grotesque. Yes. I think they're going to be grotesque. What a game. And I feel, and I let off the show with this, and I just talked to Superman, Big Man, Dan, NFL Live every day at 4. We all watch it. Um, every single day we watch NFL Live at 4 mm-hmm. o'clock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every single Religious day. Religiously. Never miss it. Every single day we watch it. Uh, he talked about how that offense is is unstoppable at this point. It's almost dominant now that they got this premier running back in there. As a man who played middle linebacker for a long time in the NFL, Super Bowl champion, highest of highs, uh, national champion, everything like that. When you look at an offense like that, especially how they're performing right now here, fresh out the gates, doesn't really seem to have much rust, right where they left off last year after the Super Bowl. What was your initial thoughts of the team in the game? I thought the Chiefs looked, uh, I guess, what we thought they would be. And they had a a bit of a weird slow start, I think, when the touchdown – Initially, that gets taken away. Obviously, that was a good call to reverse it. It was not a touchdown. And the Texans go up 7 yeah. nothing. David Johnson rejuvenated his career, I feel like. He at least feels he didn't have to rejuvenate. He's just coming off some being banged up for a couple of years. I thought he looked good for Houston. But, man, Kansas City, I, I caught some of your Orlovsky uh, interview. Yeah. Dan brought up some really, really good points. But it, you're right. Like, 
pick your poison on how you want to get beat by these Kansas City Chiefs if they continue this way. The only the only chance you have, I think, against anybody, any quarterback as good as Patrick Mahomes, you got to find a way to make them uncomfortable and get pressure on them. And, and you knew Houston was most likely not going to be able to consistently get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Which is wild because J.J. Watt seemed to have a big game, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And J.J. Watt got rolled up on twice. He had bodies laying on him. I thought there was a chance he was going to get taken out, finish the game. That The Houston Texans offense looked good early, and then it kind of fizzled out. I guess that means the Chiefs defense started to look good. It was for the first game you would expect that offense to maybe be a little bit on a different page with each other. They just were right in. It was just right back in. A couple drops, obviously. But aside from that, that offense just looks stupid. And I did not know enough about CEH. Okay? A lot of Joey Burrow talk last year. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson. Uh, go Tigers. Coach O talk. That guy is a weapon. And Damian Williams opting out. I assume Andy Reid was like, okay, thank God. We, Perfect. Uh, we, we can actually... We can actually just go ahead and give the ball to this guy then, and we drafted number 32 overall, and our offense gets even better. I, d- I think you heard me talk to Dan Orlovsky about this then. The Tyreek Hill being a distraction. When you're preparing for a team like them, that's the guy you have to prepare for, right? Because he can take the top off anytime he wants to. So for the rest of the year, somebody's going to be spying on Tyreek Hill. Maybe they'll be able to shade towards uh, Travis Kelsey, like let's get him off the line, let's go ahead and give him a bump. But then what do you do about Sammy Watkins, McCall Hardman, uh, Robinson guy who came out of nowhere mm-hmm. last night and now Clyde? I don't know how you stop. I don't. And the offense was road grading people last night, by the way. Not just great pass set. Not just great whenever uh, Patrick Mahomes in shotgun and he's drifting back and throwing. They were running people over. That's going to be a nightmare, and, and that over is going to be very high for whatever they do for the rest of the year. That team over for them is going to be very high for the rest of the season, I think. Well, it's scary to think about. When you think of Tyreek Hill, though, yeah, when you say he's a distraction, like not, yeah, by design, we know he's going to get a lot of, uh, of attention from the defense. You're always going to want a safety in the middle of the field at some point to come over the top and help out whoever is, is initially covering him. But Tyreek Hill, what makes him unique, I think, yeah, we know he is an absolute burner, straight line. You, you take that guy against anybody. But it's pretty rare that you have a guy that's that big of a burner that is so sudden and quick and can can run every route. And it, that's the one thing. Like a lot of straight line guys are straight line guys. You know, like hey, let's, I'm going to give him a cushion, but you know he can't slow down. Well, Tyree Kill can slow down. He can go from 100 percent stop on a dime and break it out and just kill you. Well, is he fast or quick? He's both. He's, He's both. both. He's both. <laughs> He's fast and quick. Oh, yeah. Quick as a hiccup, that some bitch out there. <laughs> he is. He is. As an athlete. And by the way, if he's bought into the fact that I understand people are going to distract the hell out of me or whatever, I mean, let's, let's go. Okay, so there's mixed reports on what the ratings are. I was getting a text here on the ratings. I got, I got a text from Zito who had a source, and now I'm going to get a text from Nick. I guess the one person, David Mullen, via deadline, is reporting that the NFL season kickoff ratings dropped 16.1% from 2019's opener. Not a chance. And, and then this one says that a uh, preliminary total of 16.4 million viewers watched last night. Ooh. So if it did drop 16%, what's that? You do some quick math there. Probably up over 20-some million last year. Mm-hmm. 16 million is still a lot of people watching a sport in a game that last night became a blowout or whatever. I, I assume a lot of people are going to be watching football this weekend. It was, By the way, it did exactly what we thought it would. This morning, I think there was a lot more conference. People were like kind of upbeat. Now, granted, did they boo during the sign of Ooh. unity? Did they say Chiefs? J.J. Watt? says they booed bill o'brien says they didn't patrick mahomes says they didn't andy reed says they didn't uh chiefs fans that we were getting 
messages from on the internet were saying they didn't. I assume some people did. I mean, it's a that's kind of a conversation piece. But it's really nice to be able to look to the weekend and be like, okay, we got our sport back. I'm going to be locked in a couch yes. for all of Sunday. Then Monday, I'm coming in here and overreacting to everything. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Really good, AJ, to be where we're at right now. Yeah, it does. This, this Monday, after the, the first full weekend of games, is when you can come in and we can completely write off multiple teams like yep. they're done. Yep. No Dead. chance. And then we're going to crown six, seven, maybe eight teams as as the Super Bowl champs. No, so no, yeah, we we, we know there's only one, only one. Yeah, hey, there's, there's only one. Hey, welcome to the show, pal. There's only one. Champion. You ever play football yeah. before? And by the way, that champion, Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs. <laughs> Easy. Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, going to win the Super Bowl. And and I think the only team we won't overreact for is the Patriots. If the yeah. Patriots stink, we'll be like, ah, new quarterback. It's uh, the Patriots. Mm-hmm, they're feeling they'll out. It out. But then we got to remember, Tom Kern said that Calvary's not coming yeah. over the hill later. They are going to stink forever. I mean, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot to go. I'm so pumped football is back this weekend. Um, David Johnson, 2015, great running back. Great running back. He was in a scheme with Bruce Arians then that really fit his his uh, skill set nice. I think he gets back into a scheme that really does him justice. I think he's motivated because he's on a new team again. I think they're going to make him a focal point. He looked very good in, what, the first quarter and then yeah, a little yeah. bit into the third quarter. But then, obviously, uh, uh, Bill O'Brien at halftime tells Mich- Michelle Tafoya that uh, – uh, we got to stop the run better, and we got to run the ball better. It's like, well, hey, fucking pal, I don't know if you're watching the game that we're watching. That mass might be a little bit too high on, like, Andy Reid's. You guys are running the ball pretty well. David Johnson was back, it seemed like, last night. Yeah, it had to feel good for him. I mean, just as a, a fan of football, I feel good for David Johnson. He was able to come out there, knock the rust off, and, and look that good that early. So, I mean, that, that's one positive that the Houston Texans have to take forward with him, but I don't know a bunch of other positives you have other than Deshaun Watson, your quarterback, and, and David Johnson, your tailback. Like, what else do they have? Like, they have a lot of holes, it seems to be. Kicker missed the kick. Will Fuller they have a brutal schedule, yeah. too. Like, they could easily be 0-4. Will that, Fuller dropped one early, didn't he? Yeah, that, that and then uh, he, tight end they had, Eakins. I think he only had two catches, but he had a touchdown. He he looked pretty good. They didn't really. Yeah. Stills had a drop, right? Yeah. Stills had yep. a couple, yeah. Yeah, you're right. the guy that caught the ball. Randall Cobb was nowhere. Yeah, right? yep. Yeah, and, Randall and Cobb. The linebacker ran right over him. Yeah, mm-hmm. Randall Cobb ran that one tunnel screen. That's like kind of his play. He's been running, and I tweeted this, and I mean it. I think he's been running that play for the last 25 years, and yeah. he's been mm-hmm. killing people with it. It was nice to see him kind of get back out there, but you're right. I don't know if there's anybody in the Texans organization that's like, good game last night. I, I, I think they – but – if you're the Texans, are you like, well, that's the Chiefs? Like, we, yeah, we Super Bowl champ. We have to reset our focus here to be like, yeah, we just ran into a potential very hot dynasty in the making right now. We got to refocus. Remember, we're in the same division as Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jets. Right. Okay. We got, a we got Ryan Tannehill, Philip Rivers. We we got to refocus. We got to get this out of our minds as quickly as possible. Even though everybody's going to be talking about it because the Chiefs look unstoppable. I, I assume that they have that mindset right now. It's like, yeah. Yeah, we got our, I mean, not one single facet of our team was great last night, but we got to get over this quickly because that could have been the Chiefs. Well, yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, we play what the, the Ravens, Steelers, yep. and Vikings, our next three games. So Ooh. it doesn't get any easier for Murder these guys. Throw. They got the Ravens next week? Yeah. Oh, Yikes. no. Sorry. Yikes. And, but we don't know what's going to come from that offense. No. 
We saw Lamar Jackson juke the living shit out of a jet ski this offseason. Yeah. Yep. Remember that? Whenever he juked the jet ski, scored over top of it. I mean, that thing was awesome. Good play. Lamar Jackson coming fresh off an MVP season. Will they be able to replace what Marshall Yonda brought to that offense? That is what we will find out this weekend. Ravens are taking on the Browns. Ravens are minus seven and a half. That seems like a lot of points. I'm not a big bet on the underdog team. I normally just kind of stay away from it. But Browns plus seven and a half for some reason feels good in my soul. I don't know why. Miles Garrett is back. Okay. That guy is back on yeah. defense oh, of the ball. Tom. He was defensive MVP. Kevin Stefanski will be calling plays. They've got a new offense over there. Baker Mayfield very much understands that although he has a lucrative acting career, a la what Gronk said whenever he retired, waiting mm-hmm. for him if he wants to get cut after this year, he's going to have to play football well this year. I think the Browns plus seven and a half feels damn good against the Baltimore Ravens right now. What's that, Diggs? Uh, so it just came out this morning. Um, their starting quarterbacks, Kevin Johnson and Greedy Williams, have been ruled out in uh, – their other corner, MJ Stewart, is questionable, and their starting safety, or who's going to be the starting safety, is out for the season as well. So the Browns are dealing with some secondary issues, which doesn't really matter. I mean, Hollywood Brown gets open, and the tight ends get open. You got to be able to stop the run up front. They got Miles Garrett back, and maybe everything you just said uh, changes me a little bit. But you're in Ohio. How does the team? Is there any optimism about Cleveland over there, or does everybody think they're just the Browns and the Browns stink forever? I, I don't know. I mean, at least where I'm at in Ohio, there's a lot more hype and a lot more like anxiety over what joe burrow is going to be because he's done everything like that's all they talk about does joe ever get nervous like he's he's already the team captain he's already running the show i think people here are are really really excited about that but i think the browns too people are just i don't know they i think they're scared to get their expectations up just because of what has happened in the past especially last season (laughs) when everyone built them up so it's like hey whatever any win Anything they do positive is is a good thing for us it's just icing on the cake we don't really expect much out of it bro couldn't drink Bud Light in the entire city for a few, almost months last year. And then remember when Baker came in for Tyra Taylor and Tyra Taylor got hurt, it was Thursday like, night game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Thursday night game. He was good, by the way. It Very was like, good. here we go. Here's some energy. Here's a spark. And, and the Cleveland Browns fans are like, okay, we got OBJ in here now. We got Jarvis Landry in here now. Miles Garrett's a monster. Here we go. We, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then last year was just a big, oh, drawn fourth and 18 show. Drawn fourth and 18. Does it matter at all that the Browns were one of the two teams to beat the Ravens in the regular season last year? Like, do you think that they know kind of what they need to do to win more so than some other teams, maybe? That's very interesting. And, and a lot of people talked about the Colts beating the Chiefs last year the Chiefs weren't the Chiefs when the Colts beat the Chiefs last year and I love that the Colts beat the Chiefs last year I made money off of it because I bet on the Colts whenever they beat the Chiefs last year but I think the Ravens became the Ravens after that point yeah Yeah, I don't know when that happened but I I think the Ravens became the Ravens after that so and that's why the beginning of the season does not matter right if you look at the Chiefs last year they lose four games they lose Texans I believe Colts and some other people beat them And and then and then they found their team yeah, the Chiefs, I mean. Then they found their team and got hot. It's like, whatever team does that is going to be the team. And if you're hot from jump like the Chiefs seem to be, that's going to be a problem. Thing unplugged, that is that is you could be. How does it go to 0% just in a couple minutes here? I don't that know. Is, Mate, well, such Apple. a sack of shit. Damn you, Steve Jobs. Well, it normally oh. is plugged in. We had to move some stuff here to get some stuff in here, and then now we're at the spot where it wasn't plugged in. But it, had, it, it could have only been unplugged for minutes at this point now it up here in the corner says zero percent well then how the fuck's it on steve hey question. hey steve how's it on if Riddle we're at zero that. that's like i was once uh in a meeting and somebody said uh phase zero is now complete we will now move on to phase one <laughs> it's like that, that that doesn't exist what you just said right there phase zero means absolutely nothing um aj hawk do you mind if we go to some youtube questions you feel good about it 
Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Okay, so we have members now. Okay, so we have a members yeah. community, the uh, McAfee Mafia. And Best. if you're if you're a member of the McAfee Mafia, you'll be uh, you'll get exclusive streams with AJ and I. AJ and I have not talked about that. You'll get some exclusive streams <laughs> with myself. You'll get discount codes on the store. Oh, yeah. I mean, being a member of the McAfee Mafia, which is our subscription service, our OnlyFans at YouTube, mm-hmm. really does have some privileges. And today, for YouTube questions, one of our members will get a chance to ask a question, and hopefully, handsome AJ Hawker myself will be able to give a good answer to that thing. Zito. What do we have in YouTube? Let's start! YouTube questions. Uh, coming from um, McAfee Mafia member Alan Randall. Hey, shout out to Al. Uh, what are we hammering this weekend for FanDuel? Okay, great question, actually. So I have a super boost uh, at FanDuel, and I should have sent the photo over that they sent to me to Zito or Foxy. The Indianapolis Colts, minus 7.5, was originally minus 115 at FanDuel. Yep. We have changed that to plus 140. Oh, Indianapolis oh. Colts plus 140 to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars by at least seven and a half points. For me, that feels like a lock. Put the village. Now, a lot of people are going to say, hey, Pat, is that just your emotions talking or your feelings talking because the Colts brought Phillip Rivers on this show and Chris Ballard's been on this show and they paid you a lot of money and they built this building? Maybe. Maybe I have a little bit of a jaded view on what the Colts are, but if you look back into what that team is, that team has a great defense that team has a great offensive line they've added another weapon he's a rookie so i don't know how that's going to go but i think the indianapolis colts this weekend against a team that doesn't even have a clue if they're a team anymore the jacksonville jaguars minus seven and a half feels like a fucking lock to me and at FanDuel, it's been boosted from minus 115 to plus 140 which makes me feel damn damn good on this super oh, boost this weekend. Juicy. don't forget who the jags are too here do okay. the, the jags feel like the dolphins last year and i looked at the dolphins last four or first four games last season they lost 59 10 43 nothing 31 6 and 30 to 10 that feels like a lock honestly like Diggs and i Diggs is is a different type of gambler than i am Diggs likes to look at the numbers and the trends and all that shit for me i just want to know how they feeling gardner minshew's got to feel good that he's the guy but he also knows he's the only fucking guy aj do you like the colts minus seven and a half against the jags this weekend yeah, I didn't give it much thought until right now in listening to you lay it out. Yeah, absolutely. I think Phil Rivers wants to hit the ground running. I think Indianapolis, I think their offense could be very explosive, and they want to start it off right. Minus 115 to plus 140, only at FanDuel, and that's for everybody. And there's also a Spread the Love campaign for every state oh. at FanDuel right now, and it's for the Rams-Cowboys game. Bet on the Rams. Every I forget how many people it goes up a point. We could all win there if we all get involved in that at FanDuel this weekend. Uh, do you like the Cowboys? This? You do. You picked them to win a Super yeah. Bowl. So you must like them this weekend, minus three a lot in Los Angeles. I do. I, I'm ready for the, the Alden Smith rebirth coming out party again. He's going to show us that he still has a lot left in the tank. And I think the rest of them, man, I think they have something to prove. I think they're going to rally around Dak, too, with his whole situation oh, yes. where he comes out and he's vulnerable. And I think it was, an, it was awesome. I think what he did will make his teammates want to fight harder for him and – Team like opponents are not going to sit there and say stuff. Oh, you're soft. Come on now. Like what Dak did 
was awesome. I wish more guys would do it. I agree completely. And I put out a tweet about this. And the fact that we even have to address different leadership styles because some old white gets on a camera and says something that is absolutely regrettable. But what I said in my tweet was transparency and authenticity is also a very efficient leadership style. In my experience, it's about 400% better than a fraudulent, fake, empty words and messages style of leadership. I respect the hell out of Dak. It was exactly what I said. And then I started thinking about that more and more. Like there's different styles of leadership. There always has been. There always will be. There's the people who uh, try to make you be scared of them. So you are performing or reacting so that you don't get punished. Like that is definitely a leadership style that I've experienced. I've seen. And then there's a leadership style where it's like, hey, I'm going to befriend everybody. Okay. So that people don't want to let me down. Okay. We are going to be one group here where we don't want to let each other down. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be myself. They're never going to catch me being fake. I'm always going to be me, which in hope, I hope they will always be themselves to me and we're going to play for each other that is also a very okay leadership style that works more often than not and much better than either the punishment or the fake this is the words i'm supposed to say even though they're completely empty which a lot of motherfuckers do and i absolutely hate it in all walks of life i'm with you authenticity is absolutely especially in professional sports when professional athletes just there's something about it growing up i think dealing with so many different coaches and different people they can sniff it out real quick oh. if someone is not being themselves. And they're always going to respect someone that's authentic and going to be themselves instead of trying to put on what I should be, what a coach should look like, what a leader, what I think a leader should look like. No, be yourself and guys will follow. If you're authentic and you're good and you're, you have like a good message or whatever you do, however you carry yourself, lead by example, whatever it is, man. I, I, I don't know. The whole situation with Dak, I'm like, man, I thought it was awesome. I think uh, a guy in his position – to be that vulnerable and open, awesome. I applaud him. I hope more guys do it. That's a lot of respect gained there, I would assume, as opposed to the complete opposite direction. And the the more I thought about it, I was like, what if his brother, that happened to his brother, our world got locked down. What if he didn't? What if he's just like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm good. I think I would, I would be like, oh, this this guy is no emotion. Oh, this is a robot here. Like, I think it would actually go the opposite direction. Like, the more and more I thought about it, it was like, so what? Are, what are they expecting him to do? Is he project strength? And I can understand that is a leadership style to project strength at all times. This is this. This is that. But I think in the world that we're in, like the the authenticity of humans means much more than a grandstanding fake thing. And, and I just think that's the world that we're in more. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In the fact that. I don't know. Then, then obviously more stories started coming out about said makeup old white man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's more and more stories. And we've all known. Lap dick. Was that? Oh, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I didn't dive into like anything else going on around it. What was that? Well, it skips a slap dick. Everyone knows it. <laughs> Coach Jason Brown there. Coach JB. The, uh, yeah, more stories started coming out about Skip, about how he potentially planted a story with somebody and did all this. I mean, none of these have been well, there. He had a burner. Didn't, and he's been caught using a burner account, which I don't know. Do people do that? He's had a hell of a career just completely stirring the pot about shit that does not make any sense. So that is that. But to come out in the world that we're currently in, which is supposed to be a much more understanding world, and mock a guy, basically, or question a guy's ability to lead because he's being himself, it just is stupid. I think that's just stupid. Like, I just think that is just a dumb, dumb thing. And that's why I'm very thankful this show exists. And I would assume the old whites that get mad about this show for saying the word fuck uh, are probably love just the old empty words. Oh, yeah. yep. Hey, just go ahead and speak and don't be like, they probably love that stuff. So there's obviously a, a demo for everybody. And I'm happy that I don't fall in the, I like watching jackasses say stupid thing crowd. Yeah, for sure. For Dak too to be in that position where like you're going through a, a contract negotiation like that. And I mean, 
very few people are ever in that position to begin with and then to maybe feel like oh well they you know they're saying all this stuff but they don't want me i'm seeing all these other guys get paid like i'm sure that wasn't easy either on top of everything else i have i've been very fortunate to not and i have had friends and people around me that have anxiety and uh potentially depressed and things like that and maybe whenever i was young i didn't understand it but now that i've gotten a chance to meet people that have it and once you put a face to something it's like oh like hey we should go ahead and chat about this like like i've never experienced it i i don't i don't think i fully understand it because i've never felt it myself but this isn't something that i should go ahead and just bomb on somebody for like that is just everybody operates different we're all trying to get along just need to stop being assholes to each other and keep it moving but i do not hate leaders that are real and authentic because all of a sudden you gravitate to like okay i don't want to let this person down like this is somebody i want to play for this is somebody i want to work for this is somebody that i want to show up every day for i want to do the extra reps for this person like that is a completely okay way to lead and i would assume it's much more healthy to lead that way aj what was your leadership style you're probably pretty quiet do as i do guy yeah i always you know uh, i gravitated towards the you know lead by example i guess if you need to talk, yeah, I'd, I'd gladly talk with anybody, but I wasn't going to you know, jump out there and dance in front of the huddle. It's just not my person. I, I would have been fake if I tried to do that. I so. love those huddles. Okay. On camera. I love those huddles. James, on camera. James Dude, they're, much better. they're much better when the camera comes up. Oh my God. I loved them. Cause it was always like, Oh, okay. Who's getting in here. Who's doing the performance here tonight. All right. Who's no, our leader. Who's our leader for this primetime game. Who's our new leader. <laughs> and then teams put, you know, captains on certain players that the rest of the locker room just like uh when this guy talks we all hate ourselves <laughs> i mean there's, we've all what's that you said we hate ourselves when he talks yeah when this guy talks it's a good I, way to describe it i'm like why am i even in this room this guy's talking like, listen i don't think i should be the guy talking but there has to be another person in this Someone room else do it. that could potentially resonate with this team listen we're gonna work hard today we work harder than everybody yeah yeah Today, you remember all the work you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 They listed off. OTAs started way back in March. OTAs. Then we went on to phase two of the off-season program. And then we ran a conditioning test. All of that goes into today. Are you reading a schedule? <laughs> <laughs> I do believe me and AJ are the wrong people to be talking about. <laughs> Players that are loud, though, because... We have very openly said on numerous occasions, and I think we echo the sentiments of about 95% of NFL players, that none of that shit matters. Just want to let everybody know. Unless you're eating W's. <laughs> so <laughs> See, I learned more about that than the other ones that go So on. what about like when, so you're saying when Drew Brees do, does his uh, pregame breakdowns, those don't, those don't matter? Or? One for me, two oh. for you, three oh. for us, four for them, five for I'm going <laughs> to speak. I don't know what all that's about. See how much people are buying in this year to that? No, I think it's a, I think it's a cool thing. Like, you know, the, that's like a jump moment. In college, we used to... Um, the the we ready song yeah, used to like oh, yeah, yeah. kind of trickle into us standing in the tunnel because we inevitably were always in the tunnel yes. too early okay so we we were on a lot of like thursday night games Saturday night games we we're on tv all the time in yeah. the you have to wait for we, the bro we were i mean we were awesome to watch I mean, pat white steve slate and they just were awesome to watch and espn was, was like oh our highest rated games are when these guys are on let's put them on every thursday because who cares about school for these kids <laughs> and we we're like you're right we don't care let's go ahead and do it <laughs> But you're inevitably in there long. Whenever that would start 
echoing through the tunnel. That was like cool. Like that was her moments or you think. And I would assume the Drew Brees thing where they're jumping, like that's a moment people enjoy. But when you just got one person up there yelling just the most empty words of all time that he read in a book that he's supposed to motivate people with, I mean, it is just, it is tough. But then the, the media people were always like, did you see the leadership of blah, blah, blah? Wow. And the whole locker room's like, that guy would never fucking talk when the camera's not on. Let's go ahead and move out of here. Let's go to uh, Kyle Downer in Louisville. What's going on, Kyle? What's up, Pat and the boys? Happy Feel Good Friday. Hey, happy Feel Good Friday. You too, Downer in Louisville. What's going on, Ernie? Oh, Kyle. This guy's stinks. Kyle, uh, Kyle, you got such a good start. He was there. Hello? Kyle. Kyle. Hey, so I know a lot of people were questioning whether or not Patrick Mahomes earned all that millions and millions he got, but uh, I think that debate should be put to rest after last night. What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. He's unbelievable. Was it a debate, though? People Who was were debating that? Yeah, who was no. saying that? I don't think anybody was. Well, the people that were saying that his contract wasn't good for him, that, I think that was the debate, was like, this $503 million deal is a bad deal for Patrick Mahomes, good deal for the Chiefs. It's like, how much... How many billions do you have? Yeah, yeah. If you're saying that's a bad deal, I, I think that's the only debate. I don't think anybody was talking about him not being good. Will he be able to do this forever? I don't know. That's a, that's like how, a, long, like, how long is forever? Ten years. I think he could yeah. do it for ten for sure. Like when I guess when does this decline? Because he is very athletic. He moves around well, but how he throws like he's so unique. There's different arm angles he can use. We know the no look stuff, but. He just also seems to have a supreme level of confidence in himself, and the whole team loves it. Like it's it's fun to watch Patrick Mahomes play. Like I got juiced when Kelsey caught that touchdown, a little bunch route they ran down there by the goal line. What a magnificent play! That how that was drawn up in the timing for Mahomes to hit him as soon as Kelsey kind of creeps through and splits a couple defenders and turns his head, balls there, touchdown, bam, we're on a road. Well, we're on the roll. And it how, was awesome. How about rolling left, cross his body, sidearm throw to the back of the end zone that hits off the guy's face? It was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that ball is unbelievable. At this. And this is week one. We can't even, like, guys aren't even, like, really, you know, he hasn't got a chance to play against anybody else. They haven't really got a chance to see anything. from the. And that's just week one he's doing all that stuff. I don't know how you slow him down. I guess the only way is if COVID-19, like what, uh, yeah. what you said yesterday, right. AJ, you're like, I guess COVID-19 could potentially slow his ass <laughs> no, down. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. did. Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah, you did. You did. I guess I should know now when I say if somebody can stay healthy, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about injuries. Now you want them to get injured. Well, health is oh, health, AJ. Yeah, health. health is wealth, actually. And you're just wishing on COVID on people. Let's go to Chad in California. What's going on, Chad? <laughs> What's going on, boys? It's a feel-good Friday. Football is back, baby. Let's yeah! go, Chad. Yeah! Hell yeah. What part of California in, Chad? Southern California, Pat, in the Empire, down here pretty much in between Vegas and LA, baby. Are you driving right now? Let's do a traffic update. How's it look around you? Uh, man, I'm out here in a smaller town, man, out here on these dirt roads, so no traffic here. <laughs> All right. Dirt road, that's a song. Hey, but, uh, you know, now you're talking about Jones. Jones. out the window. A nice cold beer sitting in a console. Memory lane up in the headlights. Sorry about that, Chad. What do you want to talk about, brother? It's, oh, Pat, I got a question about the Colts. But real quick, you're talking about the Super Boost. I got to get the hell out of California because my bookie's not giving those same odds to me, baby. I got to. I got to get with FanDuel, and uh, yeah. one thing you know about us kicking in the Colts, and how about this guy Rodrigo coming in, taking over for the GOAT? I mean, he was kicking moonshots at Georgia, 
I think he has a chance to get the lead by storm and really make some noise out there, kicking you know between the uprights. I just hope he makes some kicks, Jed. That's all I hope. Because yeah. there's a lot of great college kickers that get in the NFL and just for some reason can't hit the fucking target. I don't know why. I don't think Rodriguez is going to do that. He's had to battle here to get his job against another great kicker in Chase, who's already been signed, I think, somewhere else. But I love Hot Rod. I respect the specs. I saw him down at the SEC. I just hope he makes some kicks. I hope there isn't a lot of pressure on him. Uh, I just hope he gets in there and makes some damn kicks. Do you think it's going to be harder for kickers with no fans, like not seeing anyone behind? Like, Does that change anything? I think now I was thinking about that because what's that uh, baseball movie where the guy is the pitcher and he goes lock in or whatever? It's like uh, Rookie? Maybe the Rookie. Um, Major League? No. Nah, yeah, Field of Dreams? Are we talking about the Cucumbas? I don't know what that one oh, is. Oh, he puts the headphones on. No, no. It's, I think it's, you are talking about the rookie. Yeah. I think it is the rookie where it's like he, you try to basically introduce him and the ca- uh, the catcher. All he sees is the mitt, and you're trying to block out all the other noise, right? And kicking is a lot of the same thing. You're just trying to focus on your job. You try to block out all the other noise. I wonder if it'll be easier or harder with no noise for kickers and punters. Like for me, for instance, I liked whenever there was some noise. Like I enjoyed I enjoyed the atmosphere. Like I liked the environment. I like whenever people were chirping me. I like when that's going on. That's why whenever I become a professional golfer with the senior thing, I don't know how much it's going to be with this being quiet. It might be like a happy Gilmore thing. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's make a little... When I'm golfing, I need music on. I need people talking. So I don't know how it's going to be for kickers and punters. Did you see anything or think about anything whenever it comes to like putting your face into a fan with only like 17,000 fans in a stand last night which is the most any team is going to have did you see that affect anybody last night no i didn't not really but i mean i don't know if it was with the crowd noise they pumped in or whatever but it was very loud like it felt like a real like a normal game at times not the whole time but there was there was moments when it felt like oh yeah this is normal football pre-covid i thought i i talked to tom pelissaro about this when i was watching the game and i heard the sound I just kept like balancing like, yeah, I think their fans could make that amount of noise. Like, yeah, I think those fans could be making that amount of noise. If there's nobody in the stands, which is going to happen in a lot of places, the Colts have 3.5% of their stadium going to be at capacity. 3.5%. No. no. Yeah. Are you serious? 2,500. 2,500. <laughs> okay. I don't know how they got on that number. It was originally supposed to be like 25%. Now it's 2,500 people. It's potentially them like just trying to test out how, because they didn't have a preseason game either, to test out how we get people in and out of the stands, which I can proceed with caution, I guess. But 2,500 people, that's going to look empty in there. And then if you have that sound playing, if they show the stands, I think a natural mind will be like, well, there's nobody in there to be making that noise. But with yesterday, I was like, you know, I think it feels like they could maybe make that amount of noise. But once they show the game, and if you could just get trapped in the game for a little bit and that sound comes in, I think you just kind of dial it in. But for the players, they know they're, they're in a son of a bitch in these stands. I mean, that is – it's going to be – I mean, it's an interesting environment, but we're in an interesting world right now. Let's go to uh, Kevin, who's from Parts Unknown. This is going to suck. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How's it going, y'all? I just want to say welcome back to Sirius, man. It's good to have y'all back. I'm out here just wandering around with a pocket full of vitamins. Y'all making my day a lot better. I, got so I just wanted to say, man, go Chiefs. It's going to be a good weekend of football. That a boy, Kevin. Parts unknown. I, I didn't hate him as bad as I thought. No, that was bad. <laughs> I didn't hate him as bad as I thought. Pocket full of sunshine. Uh, that was my alarm clock for a couple of years. Good. It's good. <laughs> Betting fields. I mean, she did it. I guess it's just about cocaine. I didn't know that. Natasha? Really? really? Yeah. I no. got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. I got a, 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 I didn't know that. Everybody <laughs> thought I was a cokehead. I, I ended up in a hotel room with like 15 people and I didn't turn off the alarm and I was sleeping on the floor 
and all of a sudden, I'm gonna buy it kind of on the sunshine. Came on at like six thirty or whatever, and there was one guy that I did not know well. He was like, "Do you?" <laughs> Wait, Connor, Connor, what did you think it was about? I said I thought it was about dildos, like pocket full of sunshine. Oh, I got make love more sense. Yeah, you're the dumbest. Let's go to Greg in Iowa. What's going on, Greg? <laughs> He's dumb. Take me away. No, I'm just playing. What's <laughs> up, Pat? Welcome to the spot. That's good. That's, That's good. good. That was good. good call, Greg. Good call. <laughs> just wanted uh wanted to ask you about as a football player, um, former, um, you know, like Vikings, Bears, Bucks, Saints this weekend. Those are huge games, right? Especially with the COVID off season. So how do you feel about early season divisional games being so important? These teams are not going to be looking their best. How do you feel about that? Greg, great question. Those are real. Divisional games matter, AJ. Like Bucks and Saints week one here, those teams probably don't even know what the hell they're going to look like. That's a big-time, big-time implications game that they have right out of the jump. Yeah, it is. Didn't you want to expand on that further? You were you were jumping around all excited to answer that <laughs> as a former football player. Well, normally when people come on here, they just – you know, they know me as a guy who talks in a microphone. They don't know me as a football player. So whenever you describe me as a football player, you know, almost want to get back in there, put the helmet on, fucking strap it up a little bit and Hell bang yeah. some heads. You know what I mean? That's what I thought about. Hell but yeah. the divisional games are a big deal. Like, for instance, Lions-Bears this weekend. Huge. Massive game. Yeah. Those implications could mean a lot here in, like, 15, 16 weeks. Bucks saints massive game. I mean, there is Browns-Ravens. I mean, there is a lot of very, very big-time games here in the first weekend that I don't think I normally see. I don't think this is normal for this. There's a lot of intriguing matchups that, like every you go down the list, every game that is on there, I'm like, okay, yep. There's I have multiple reasons why I mm-hmm. want to watch every game. I would say, like the two games that I'm intrigued the least are probably the two Monday night games. I know you guys will be upset AJ. because one of them is Pittsburgh at New York. AJ. And the yeah. other is Tennessee at Denver, which. Yeah, I do care about that game, just not as much as others. Von Miller got surgery today on his foot. He'll be out at least three months, they're saying. Von Miller asks, what would Kobe do on his social media? So let's assume he'll be back earlier, mm-hmm. like our guy Finn from West Virginia. Let's go to Aisley in Missouri. What's going on, Aisley? Ailey? Pat, I need a pick-me-up. Okay. I am a diehard Raiders fan, and there's all this talk about the Chiefs. Please pick me up. Tell me something good about the Raiders. Nah, you guys are fucked for at least the next 10 years, I think. <laughs> how, long they, how long they lock in Patrick Mahomes? Uh, yeah, 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 10, 10, 10 years. years. Well, cool yeah. stadium. Hey, Las Vegas Stadium's awesome. When you yeah. go out there, you yeah. have a great time. And yeah. hey, going to win some games probably. The team was For much sure. better than they were supposed to be last year. Going to win some mm-hmm. games. But I think that division is going to be very much like the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills have had for the last 15, 20 years. There's a good chance uh, if Derek Carr gets injured just this year that Nathan Peterman's going to be your starting quarterback. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. And hey, uh, Gruden said Peterman's good at football, mm-hmm. AJ. He yeah. said Nathan Peterman's good at football. Yeah. I, he's not bad at football. He's a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he may throw some picks early on, but that, you can't say he's a bad player. It was a catchable yeah. ball. I agree. If we're going to talk just like in general of like, if we're playing backyard football, yeah, you would take Nathan Peterman for, for sure. sure. Of course. Yeah, it depends who's standing next to him. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, can you throw a football at all? You stink at it? No, I can throw a football. I was a backup quarterback in high school. With those shoulder pads? For a team that the team that didn't throw the ball too much. Yeah, you guys ran triple option, right? I mean, you know what you guys did? No, well, yeah, I played tailback, so I wanted to run the ball. I didn't want to play quarterback and hand it off. Whoa. Let's go to Billy Dunner in North Carolina. one 888 mad dog What's up, Billy, on this feel-good Friday? Only got a few minutes left. I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Pat? Not too shabby. When did you decide Billy instead of Bill or William or Will? I have no clue. You'd have to ask my mom that. She named me William, and they've always called me Billy. So, all right, Willie. Uh, we got a Bailey. We call Bill. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I like great name. Billy a lot. What do you want to talk about, Bub? 
Okay, well, I was talking about the, a game to watch this weekend in college football, uh, UNC versus Syracuse with Sam Howell under center at quarterback for UNC and Mac Brown back. I think that this is a big year for the Tar Heels. I agree. Tar Heels are ranked top 10, I think, for the first time, or top 15. I forget exactly where they're at. They're in the 25. They're in the top 20, whatever it is. North Carolina, good recruiting. Mac Brown is a good guy. And the Syracuse coach was the only coach that refused to talk to us before the games last year. So mm-hmm. I, hope they they lose, I hope they lose them all. Stooge. But he wouldn't speak to the, the whole production crew? He did, but it was like a call. You know, he didn't have enough time for a face-to-face with us. You know, it was like uh, he was the only one. Everybody else was like, yeah, let's go. Hasselbeck, Adam, Molly, and McAfee are going to come in? Yeah, come on. They would just give us like Get in here. everything we could possibly give. They were the only ones that were like, ah, we do calls only around here. It's like, well, wait till you hear my call about your team then. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, pal. How about you? You got a big game coming up here? Oh, 14 days. You got, a, you got some time, I guess. Mm. I got some time, yeah. Tulane at Southern Miss. Oh, that's that's a good game. That one circled. Good game. You know, this weekend, Charlotte 49ers versus Appalachian State Mountaineers. Noon tomorrow, Dan Orlovsky on the call, AJ. Yeah, but he's doing it from the studio in in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's sitting in a 20 by 20 room, staring at a television, yelling at it. Man, that's that's got to be weird. I, I'm gonna I want to watch because I want to see what it what it looks like, what it sounds like. Hey, did COVID killed Collinsworth sliding? That son of a bitch. <laughs> I did. I don't like that. You think there's any chance, like later in the year, when protocols are relaxed a little bit, that he could bring it back? I like that they were. By the way, they weren't masked. They no. were sitting in the same area. I think there was some glass potentially between them, but they didn't look. Maybe not. It seemed like they were spaced out. The coverage of the game. Al Michaels has not skipped a beat. By the way, he was. They were talking about the nuke trade, and it was whenever the ball was handed off to David Johnson, like as it was happening, and he was like, uh, traded for this man amongst others. It was just like so smooth. Like Al Michaels still got his fastball, and I've heard there's a couple games, I guess, where Tariko's going to be calling this year yep. instead of Al Michaels, uh-huh. and everybody always assumed that at some point Tariko would take over Sunday Night Football, but Al Michaels just is never losing it. I don't think Al Michaels is ever going to lose it. No. I mean, l- like you said, you last night, if you just get lost in the game, you couldn't yeah. tell anything else was going on. It felt like a normal, regular season game and he and collinsworth have great rapport and they even talked about how the stadium looked empty aj which i got yelled at for in our game together interesting yeah i mean that was pre-covid i guess when you when you made your comment uh down in texas but yeah it did, it did feel normal but I, I mean i think people take al michaels for granted oh. like how great that dude really is because he makes it look so easy anything too he'll call anything he's, yeah he's yeah. really good and at this point he's just living his best life traveling around calling the football games with little chris collinsworth mm-hmm. but that sliding disappearing not happy about it devastated okay 2020 has brought a lot of shit okay murder hornets mm-hmm. a pandemic mm-hmm. a work stoppage mm-hmm. a sports stoppage uh-huh. yeah but if it is the death of the collinsworth slide i'll tell you what I'm going to go battle COVID-19. <laughs> That's where we draw the line. That's where we Let's go to Ben in Toronto, international call. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? Happy Feel Good Friday. Hey, happy Feel Good Friday to you. What do you got going on, Bob? I've, uh, I've got a message for Boston Connor over there. Um, I just want to let him know that Kyle Lowry's fat caboose is coming for them tonight. Okay. Ooh, Game oh, 7, yeah. Celtics Raptors. Yeah. All right. Do you watch basketball at all, AJ? Uh, here and there. I don't watch a whole lot. Yeah. I don't think anybody is. Is what I've been told. Yeah, it's football season now, so yeah. But game seven tonight, by the way. Can't wait. Celtics Raptors, big big night tonight. Oh, he has his Patriots jersey. Oh, nice. Now he's putting Celtics jersey on. Smart. Can't wait. You cannot. uh, Here we go. You cannot claim that Connor is not. uh, I guess well versed on basketball. That dude, Connor. I told him where I went to high school, and Connor's like, "Oh yeah, they got a stud 
stud on their team. They and his, the kid was a true freshman last year, and Connor already knew about it. At my wedding, he was watching games on his phone, like a fucking commercial that people do. He was doing that at my wedding. And, and my lady just what, found out wait, about what, that what just game? now. Who knows? It was, uh, it was the uh, uh, Lakers game. It didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. First round of the playoffs. First round of the playoffs. Exactly. First round. Doesn't matter. Hey, Nobody cares. Can't miss anything. Um, let me tell you about this beautiful company called Shady Rays. Oh. You know, whenever you look at me hey, with cool these glasses. bad boys on, the only thing you can think is, hey, cool glasses. Cool, By glasses. Like, cool glasses. Cool glasses. Hey, Thank you. Cool glasses. Thank you. Shady Rays has been one of our sponsors for a long, long time. And they're a company that has a bunch of incredible pairs of shades. Not only sunglasses, but blue tint glasses Ooh. to help protect your eyes, both for the sun and technology. And they have the greatest warranty going in all of anything. Replacements of shades if they're lost or broken for any reason. It doesn't matter what happens. Dropped in an ocean, lake, anything, they'll replace them. Try that with any other snobby-ass sunglass company. And most Shady Rays only cost 48 bucks, which is obviously a lot cheaper than everybody else. So you get a free pair if you break them or lose them. Yep. And they're less than everybody else. And you look incredibly cool and smart and sophisticated like I do and the rest of the boys. Exclusively for our viewers and listeners of us, there's a deal that you cannot refuse. This is a Black Friday level deal Woo! in the middle of September. Yes. Use code McAfee for 25% off any pair of shades at ShadyRays.com. Whoa, 25%? 25% off ShadyRays.com. You get the blue blue hue glasses, I believe is how they describe to protect your eyes if you're looking at technology, looking at media all day. Get the sunglasses. They look incredibly cool. 25% off. They're already low prices at ShadyRays.com using code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E. E, shout out to Shady Rays in their incredible glasses, incredible deal, and incredible warranty. AJ, I don't see you have any glasses on, but that'll have to change someday so you can say cool glasses. What are your last words of inspiration for listeners and watchers on this beautiful Friday? I don't have a whole lot of inspiration for people, but they have to uh, be pretty excited. Yes. Football started last night in the NFL, and this Sunday I think we have a great slate of games, and we're going to be able to come in and overreact oh, on Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to overreact on Monday. Aaron Rodgers will be joining us Tuesday. Whoa. Another slew of guests. A full week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, <laughs> Channel 82. <laughs> we are so thankful to everybody that watched and listened. Hammer Don! We'll be launching yet another episode at Pat McAfee, or YouTube.com forward slash The Pat McAfee Show. And on the other side for Mad Dog Radio I, I, is the Mad I, Dog I, himself, legend in the sports talking world, Chris Mad Dog Russo, who had to give us the okay to be on the channel. We can't thank you enough. This has been a hell of a week. Football is back. Have the greatest weekend you could potentially have in the world that we're in. We thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Cheers. Hey, you too. Great job, you too. Thank you, Joel. Great job, Joel. Great job, Bob. Great job, Bob. Hey, Bob, you have a better weekend, pal. Good one, Bob. Oh, thanks, Bob. You got that. By the way, normally whenever we get into that, you have a better weekend, the the response is, no, you have a better Mm -hmm. weekend. Bob just said, you're right, I'm going to. (laughs) I will beat you. And I like that. I like that a lot. AJ, uh, what do you got on, on deck this weekend? Anything? Just chasing kids around or what? Is that pencil... Have two erasers on it? Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's a cool pencil. What's that for? Erasing that. stuff. Just to erase them? Where's your actual pencil that you write with? Right uh, there. Great question. It's mechanical. Yeah, it's a mechanical pencil. I use mechanical pencils just because uh, it's uh, always sharp. You don't have to fucking sharpen it. You know what I mean? Serial so, killers <laughs> write with normal pencils. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do. Yeah. yeah it's true. Well, that's what we've been doing. And Matt Patricia. Well. Well. He's a football coach. It's different. Mr. Perfect. It's like construction. And Galladay's out, so they have no chance. And also, this thing's cool for this move right here. 
You know what I mean? This one, then you flip it around the other side. Whoa. You don't have to worry about getting stabbed. Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting stabbed. Lead poisoning. And you can race whatever you fuck up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. easy. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You want to get How do you think Mitch Trubisky's going to look, Pat? Terrible. I think he's going to look really bad. Yeah. yeah. I think he's going to stink. Did you play defense enough, though, to, to make him look that bad? I think yeah. the defense will be trying here early because they haven't given up hope on the Chicago Bears season yeah. yet. Like done. They potentially did middle of the season last year. So I think it's going to be a good game. But the Lions without Kenny Galladay is going to be tough. Yeah. That's going to be Need tough, it. I think. When uh, – when, What's going on with him? When will he be back? I don't know. It was announced today that he's Doesn't potentially questioning. AJ, he's playing. Don't listen to them, all right? Doesn't this is just the Patriot no, win. Just make him questionable. Is that real news? He's there on doesn't Sunday, and the Bears like are surprised, too. and then we come out, Foxy. and we win, and then we win the next game, and the next game, and the next game, 10-6 and six playoff win. Foxy, don't lie to Whoa. those people. Is that real news, Evan? Are you breaking no, that right now? No, that's just my speculation. I mean, is that really like your your lofty goals though? Ten and six in a playoff. AJ, yeah. I'm 26. I've never seen a playoff win. I just want to see a playoff win. <laughs> AJ, AJ, I want to dig even deeper into that about lofty goals in that back room back there. There's a Miami Dolphins fan from Canada back there that said he would sacrifice his left nut if the Miami Dolphins beat the Patriots Week One. That's coming up this Sunday. He would give up his left nut. Not 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 week sixteen, week seventeen. Not a game no, that matters for playoffs. No. Just a win this weekend with a brand new New England Patriots. Basically, he would give his left nut. That's lofty goals right there. Well, I, I just became the biggest Dolphins fan on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, AJ. He gets it. Look at his hands. He knows. What are you, what are you saying about his hands? Where is this Where is this mystery man speaking from? I can't see him either. He's in the back. I don't know if we have a camera on He's scooting up. We don't. He's got a good beard, dude. He's got a good What's beard. What's up, AJ? Oh, that mic's off. Oh, oh, What's up, AJ? You are, man. What's happening? Good to hear your accent, man. You sound great. Can't hear anything. Hey, you, you sound have, great, though. Say thanks, pal. You Does sound great. Say thanks, pal. <laughs> <laughs> you damn thing. Hey, this has been a hell of a week, AJ. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Had fun. Can't wait till Monday. All right, all right. That's the show. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes this week. Big guests, new schedule. The fact that you guys have dodged, ducked, dipped, dived, and dodged through this thing with us. We're growing by the day, and I do believe that's because you beautiful people enjoy the show and tell a friend or two friends about it. And if you're one of the people that listened to the show and didn't like it, just act like it never, ever happened. From all of us to all of you, we're incredibly grateful for you. Let's enjoy this life. Have a great weekend. Football's back. We'll be back on Monday. New schedule. On Monday, we'll be releasing a podcast about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you want to listen Tuesday morning, all good. Monday afternoon, maybe you're doing something at 4 o'clock where you're like, you know what, I can listen to some shit right now. That's probably what it's going to be. Overreaction Monday is coming in hot next week. Have a great weekend. We appreciate you. Gumpy, please play some independent music.